listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Right, and my That's final me, word is going right <laughs> to be a big F you to the Emmys for snubbing uh, Better Call Saul. Ooh. Like yeah, they, I love that we all watch a lot of TV if none of us watch the Emmys. I did not watch a single <laughs> bit of it because, and you know what? I don't want to hate on what one, like, because you, you people you, should get recognized for the hard work and all that good stuff. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, come on. Secession beat out. Better call Saul. I can't argue against that because I haven't seen Succession. So. Yeah, I heard it's good though. But yeah, yeah. I have heard it's good. It's the, yeah. it's it. Succession is that good. It's yeah. it's on the same level, and I think they have the reason why. The only reason why they beat them out is because of star power. Just the cast. I also think uh, production and H- wasted. I also yeah. think it's 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 production based. And Better call Saul mm. being broadcast. Well, listen, think about it. Oh yeah, Better yeah, call yeah. Saul being I, I, broadcast. Cable has limits. Succession yeah. has none. Being as HBO series. Good point. Good point. But Succession is such a small show. Like. Their sets are like they, they don't really go a bunch of places. Like, they're, didn't they have, didn't they have like it? It feels like, like a, couple, a bigger a couple cast. set pieces, right? Yeah, yeah but it's a big but, cast, but it feels like a smaller show. No, I get that, but you know, sex and language and things like that, it just ups the artistic merit if it's used. That's true, you know, yeah, in that way. So, in that high value way, so high-end way so i think that's i mean that's it, it's definitely reason. on par i would say joe like better call saul is just miles away i also blame amc amc is pretty much <laughs> ruined wrecked their credibility in the last several years it was like i was well, like watching looking at a diamond sitting on a turd mountain watching better call saul <laughs> the whole time <laughs> And with that uh, disappointment in his voice, this is Blurred Lines. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Blurred Lines. It's your man, Cam. With me, as always, is... Uh, the human meteorite known as Josh. <laughs> as well as the uh, aforementioned disappointment per man. <laughs> That's what the stands for. It is the professor, <laughs> and I am disappointed. <laughs> And uh, we're back talking a little bit of the news that's been going on, um, specifically around D23, Disney's um, her own day, I guess. Their own <laughs> expo, I guess. It's yeah, like their own expo. expo. Yeah. yeah. Like, even when I was at, at Disney, it wasn't really Just that. Just call it self-day. Yeah. <laughs> self-day. Now, they've, now they've made it a whole thing. So it's a whole, yeah. Instead of going to except all the Comic-Cons and those things, they're like, you know what? We're just going to make our own and just... Uh, Drop all our trailers for you know properties that you know and love and know nothing original. <laughs> exactly. It's like sequels set in the world of prequels, prologues, and all the, all things in between, but nothing that move, moves forward in time. Just only that, stay still and move. That back. being said, there was some good stuff in there. Speaking yes. of Andor, Andor's trailer was really dope. It, it was. brought back a lot of uh, familiar faces. Um, people that had already had strong uh, bit parts in other shows or movies brought them right. back. Um, big props to them for giving the bag to the uh, the rogue um, the rogue one uh, crew to come back and, and do this one. So that's that's definitely super dope. Um, and each trailer has gotten better. Yep, yep. Gonna say that same as well. Open I'm, the world up more too. 
Yeah, I think, and then you know what? And honestly, I think that's where we're at at this point. Where it's like, if you're going to keep giving us old shit uh, or old uh, time set places where we already know the, the endings of these people, yeah. um, you might as well just open up the world and give us other people that we can care about. That's that's not dead, basically. So yeah. um, that's agree. the thing I, I actually like about it, where I'm like, all right, cool. We already know Andor's going to get killed, but like around him, is there anyone that's cool that we can follow right. on some other mission? Because, you know, let's... Anything not uh, Skywalker is, is, is a-okay with me, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I I like the scale and scope that I was seeing in Andor. I mean, it's continuance, and as Disney continues to build this multifaceted Star Wars live-action TV universe, I guess is, is what it is right now, but um, that seems like, it seems like they're going to focus on what we've been, we've been saying needed to happen for a while which is showing a little bit more of how the empire was is this cruel tyrannical uh totalitarian galactic state that requires undoing that requires a rebellion that requires these people sacrifice make great sacrifices and die and to bring this this behemoth of a of a of a government down um that is led by two space wizards <laughs> you know, so um you know um i mean that's one that was, that was part of the things that made uh kenobi dope was yeah. seeing the um the inquisitors and all that kind of stuff seeing how cruel they were again yeah. seeing the more farther reaches of what the because that was a that was always the thing with star wars it's like oh the empire is so bad i'm like mm, are they i don't know universal <laughs> currency universal health care well, <laughs> you needed wow you needed uh <laughs> you needed stuff like um, like Clone Wars, like the latter yep. half of Clone Wars, yes. yeah, Rebels, yeah, to sort of, and I think Andor is going to be a nice sidecar to Rebels, I have a feeling. Yeah, um, I agree you're gonna too. Get, agree. You're going to get things that you, things that were referenced in Rebels that get fleshed out here. Because yeah. this is literally the birth of the Rebellion. Yep, uh, right. From that from that side of things. Um, from this, from that, from the Rogue One character's POV. Um, right, the non-Jedi. And, and, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, and they've shown, and they've shown at least in Rogue One that those two worlds intersect at least a little bit. Right. Yep. When the fleet amasses at whatever the planet is where they have the the plans for the Death Star, um, the I forget the name of the ship in Rebels, but their ship is in that fleet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I remember that. When the when the fleet amasses, you can see the shot the, a shot of of that of the rebel ship in that fleet so yeah. there's definitely some 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 crossing of paths that yeah, you already get. said with and, um oh uh, uh, you mean what they respect. call that continuity right <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, a, or you know that word, the word that starts yes. with a c that had been mm-hmm. absent from star wars since the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, and that's i mean and that's the one thing i would say with all the the star wars properties is like i actually like that they all do connect and they're setting yeah. in a certain space like you know when we got um, uh, Bad Batch, which is always uh, always surprises mm-hmm. me more and more. Where I, I don't expect too much of it, and then when I'm like, dude, this is really good. Like it's, it's way really better good. than mm-hmm. it's better than it should be. But um, and they do their and own little announced, nuggets. And, and they announced oh, yeah. another season coming in 2023. Yep, they did announce that's a good one. Um, but I like that that you know at the very least for Star Wars, if we are going to stay in this realm, especially in this time period, and you're not going to give us nothing new, it's been good that they've been uh, connecting all the dots and then also like utilizing all the vast characters that aren't Skywalkers around them to, to keep to kind of keep it more interesting. Because like Obi Wan was like, 
Oh God! <laughs> so Obi, I mean, like Obi Wan, the best part was not Scott, was not Leia. That's the whole you know, literally everything mm-hmm. around them was amazing. But Leia was eh, whatever. But like it was everything went around it was like okay, now we're seeing more of the the choices that people have to make and sacrifices to either go one way or the other, or stay a row or help people or not help people. And so um, I like that. And so bringing bringing in Andor, I think that would be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Now on the more like WTF end of trailers, <laughs> Werewolf by Night. You I'm gonna go to D'Angelo because he 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 went in cold, had no idea what was going on, and then your reaction was total confusion. I mean, it was I didn't know what I was watching. Honestly, I didn't laugh, I didn't smile, I just looked, stared right at the screen and was like, "That's a Marvel logo above this, right? Marvel Studios." <laughs> this what am i watching is this the halloween commercial or what are they selling oh, candy? are they selling candy like what is going on so like i really didn't know how to react to that and that's why i came to my marvel experts because i'm like what is this is this like a legit like thing that marvel like is like okay we got this big ass play box of things that we could just do anything with Here's one of them, Werewolf by Night. So, yeah, yeah. I'll let Josh take this so one. I, so I think, I think, the idea here is because the idea of the werewolf as monster, uh, an open IP, something that that you know anybody can play with, and yeah. coupled with the fact that Marvel actually did a werewolf comic book back in the day, mm. um, I think it's something that uh, uh, how they fit this character in if they fit the character into into continuity also beyond me um but Fair enough they've done in the past and so you know i think it's and i think they're trying to blunt the edge of if if so here's here's where i think this is strategic i just this actually just came to me as we were talking mm-hmm. i think that I think that this is trying to blunt the edge of Universal doing their monster verse, where you know they were going to try to do Dracula, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. where uh, the werewolf, the mummy. So I think this is Marvel kind of middle fingering that whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we'll do it first, and we'll do it well or or not. I mean, it'll probably be good because it's a Marvel Studios. Like, it, it'll be at least. Watch about uh, as my as my firm belief, it'll at least uh. be middling to fair, um, mm. and and I think it might be just them trying to blunt the edge of universe because they got beef with Universal. They won't give up the Hulk for reasons unknown. Oh, that's right. So I, I could that. see, I could see a scenario where Faggy's like, "Word, y'all not gonna give it up after all this time? Bet you try to do a monster monster verse, we're gonna do werewolf first. I, I can, can see, see that. Being and petty. I can see that. I, yeah, Disney does have petty in him. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah, Disney's a Disney's a pretty petty company in general, so yep. I can definitely see them that doing that. Like really, like they killed a whole game purely off of the Fantastic Four yep. uh, Michael B. Jordan movie. So I'm like, I can see them being that petty. Um, yep. It is kind of a left come out of nowhere because I mean, in the trailer for us comic nerds, saw Elsa Bloodstone, Monster Hunter. We saw a glimpse of man thing. 
We saw Werewolf by Night, which is a werewolf. So one of the things that this this particular show can, can open up is a little bit more of the occult side of Marvel that's yeah, not Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah, so that's the one thing it could be cool. Um, because Which is something they need. They need yeah. to define the supernatural yeah, uh, occult 100%. world a little bit more idiosyncratically mm-hmm. than, it is, than it stands now because they've been... Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness pulled things out their ass and then never developed right. them. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. runic magic is all of a sudden attributed to witchcraft. What? Yeah. I thought the stuff that they were doing was kind of similar to runic magic. So it's it's it all needs to it needs to be fleshed out. So if this is something that does that. You know, I'm fine with seeing werewolves that don't eat people. You know, that that that's fine with me. <laughs> you know, I, I, if that's the what we're gonna have, then it develops their magic world and opens it up for you know their other stuff, their yeah. other stuff, and makes it defined and cool. But I know these werewolves will not eat anybody, not Facts. on camera. Facts. No, 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 no. It'll be all. I mean, be all implied. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if. If this is again, if this is a show that can introduce other characters, that's gonna be cool. I, I'm kind of with it. I'm like, cool. You Disney know? horror. For sure. Yeah, Disney horror. Wow. Exactly. That doesn't even. That sounds. That just sounds dirty. Just talking about it. <laughs> man, man, that can be unpacked in so many ways because it's Disney. So we want. We'll leave it at that. Oh, what does a Disney horror film look like? Ooh, that's a challenge. You, you film students out there. Out. Like right. Hocus Pocus. Oh, Jesus. It's a Disney <laughs> wow. horror film. Wow. That's that a is a fantasy movie. film with, with witches <laughs> or something. Oh, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Hocus Pocus. I'm just saying that that's the, <laughs> that that's the closest that they come to horror, like, ever. Like, I'm going to have to look that up. There's actually, like, Disney, a Disney-backed horror film. Maybe. I think there are. There are Probably. a few. Um, Young scary. But they probably don't have fly the Disney banner like that. Yeah, true. That. Oh, it's they, probably under it's probably under like Buena Vista or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like there are a few. I know there are a few, but they're but they don't fly the Disney banner, so you wouldn't know that it's a Disney property. Ah, so it's like I saw something plane. about a Disney flick being um being a a young or like a YA kind of deal in the in the eighties or nineties. I don't remember the name of it. But it was definitely it's possible. Like an adult kind of deal. It's possible. I mean, hey, Craig is a, Craig is technically a Disney property. The new property. True. Under the one thing. No, yeah. That's a good point. It's, on, yeah. it's under his banner. So yeah. yeah. So that's, um, that's rated R. They promoted it um as well. So yeah. you know, they're 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 stretching their wings because they recognize that they have to. Yeah, it's pretty much. There's only so many uh children's stories you can rape and pillage and and make a cartoon of and then a lot and then a live action of and then mm-hmm. a did anyone of, see the, Winnie, the, the the new winnie the pooh horror i saw that that looked disturbing so disturbing that yeah. i didn't even bother like disturbing to... in a stupid kind of way yeah very much very just just too disturbing to merit yeah it's not I, it wasn't good so for people who don't know i, I realize i mentioned that randomly i'm sorry so for people who don't know <laughs> winnie the pooh has re-entered the public domain it's not it was never a Disney property. No. It was always it was always uh, something that was authored by some. I forget the author's name, the original author's name, but the copyright it's so old that the copyright has expired and it's entered the public domain. So yep. some dummy out there decided that they wanted to do that. They wanted to I don't know relive their childhood fantasy of 
Winnie the Pooh being a horror character. So <laughs> there's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie out now. That's what it's called. You, you it's, called Winnie the, it's called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Do with that what you will, folks. This Bring is on. why I say humanity is doomed. I mean, I don't care what you guys say. Like, there's no hope. Like, I'm, I'm telling. Wait, you. so, 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 D'Angelo, are you the the last man that's standing between? Uh, <laughs> I'm literally reading between, Secret Invasion between uh, us and, and insanity. Yes, man. I'm reading, I'm reading this Secret Invasion's uh, tagline. <laughs> oh, if it was up to me, I welcome the squirrels right on in. Like, come on in, man. You could copy me. Just give me your your your, your ship. I'm out of here. Yeah, so so we're talking now. We're talking about Secret Invasion. Yes. Um. Oh, wait, before Sam- we do that, I just oh. wanted to say that the Winnie the Pooh was written is written by English author A. A. Milne. A. A. Milne, I think it, it hmm. and it was uh, the illustration was done by E. H. Shepard, who I think gets more yes. credit. Yeah, than, yes. than uh, the yeah. writer. I've heard of his the name story. before. I've never heard of that. Actually. Yeah, so, I've heard, that's I've heard the illustrator's name. Yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out because we do want to give artists their their just due past that's present. Correct. And E. H. E. H. Shepherd gets their E. H. Shepherd gets more credit than A. A. Mulaney does. Hundred percent. Milne, I think. Copy but that. that's just wanted to add that about Winnie the Pooh. Well know, said. We're all, all about the creatives here. Yes, we are. If you nothing know. else, I ain't here for the humans. <laughs> I ain't. See, boom, segue. So, Secret Invasion with uh, Samuel Jackson <laughs> finds our one-eyed hero, uh, Fury, a battling a bunch of scrolls. I am. And what are the scrolls see, for those who are uninitiated? Right. I'm, I'm two minds of this. So, the mm-hmm. scrolls in the comic book. Are a mm-hmm. crazy warrior race yes. that can shape shift into other people, other people, mm-hmm. other beings, and yes. take said beings' powers as well. Whoa, 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 whoa! Super scrolls can do that. Super, sorry, sorry. Then that's that. That's the baseline one. Then you have right. the super scrolls, which can copy a uh, a, a being and their powers as well. Who Super yes. Scroll is also a big uh, villain in Fantastic Four. Yes, first, mm-hmm. yes. first um, appeared in Fantastic Four and copied all their powers, and it still got whooped, which is hilarious. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, the Fantastic yeah. Four know their powers better than, than they. True. Do. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So you have that in the comics, Warrior Race, shape shifting, kind of cool. Now we have the MCU version. They are uh, refugees. They're sad. And we first saw them for for again just for context. We first saw the the, the MCU scrolls in Captain Marvel, right? Yes. Captain yes. Marvel. Okay, Which so they first a- TNT as we speak right now. Wow, sad they, for you. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, Hey, it's well documented how Cam feels about Captain Marvel on this show. Yes, we know. Yes. We know. It's one of his favorite Marvel movies of all time. If you can't see, um, it's the podcast, but I'm sipping tea right now. He is. <laughs> he very much he really is. He truly so is. that so yeah, so the scrolls have we've seen them before. They have yep. entered the MCU and uh now they're playing the bigger role that is adapted from 
this is a storyline from Marvel, right? From the from the comics, yes. right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's actually much, damn good. Yeah, it's on a much smaller scale, but I like what they're kind of doing with this. Interesting how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the comics, basically, the secret invasion was the scrolls have been infiltrating um, the, he- the heroes of uh, Marvel for about a year, year and a half. More and you than, don't know. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more. But yeah, so they. So they essentially infiltrated uh, a, a bunch of the heroes and they replaced by them replacing them one by one. And you get hints that they've been replaced. Weird conflict yeah. that, that the scroll versions of the heroes are having, and you don't know that they're scrolls. They don't reveal any of it. It's just so... weird conflict <laughs> and them being out of character for like a couple seconds and then snap back to, you know, doing what they. Yeah, and then what's also interesting too is you know they played it pretty well in the books where you kind of didn't know it wasn't like and this is a little bit before um, hey we're gonna make this some event in six months and it's gonna be this and that and da 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 it was around it was around the time where like comics just kind of rolled out normally and the media rolled out with it as opposed to giving everybody the heads up so it was actually a nice like a, a big event where you're like I don't know who's a scroll mm-hmm. and then you know then you have mm-hmm. the big reveal of the first of the, the first one they find. And it's uh, Captain America, was it? I don't remember. I think it was. I think it was Captain America was like the first <laughs> found scroll. So then, so then you basically find out, like, oh wait a minute, they've replaced someone as as dope as Captain America, and then you realize this scroll has this been playing serious. Captain America for two. Yeah. So now yeah. it's real serious. So yeah. Fury mm-hmm. puts together a team. He has his own thing going on. He's trying to figure out who is a scroll and who's not. Um, then, then you get cut to the space, and then you see the heroes kind of waking up of, of the ones that have been took, and they're just like, "What the hell's been happening?" And mm-hmm. They've been gone again for two years. So they did a really good job in the comics of really just like one placing the scrolls Seems at a right. level of like what they actually are as a as a, as a whole race. Because I think this is the first time, besides the Kree scroll roll, that they were like a big event, like the big bad. Um, and then two, they did a really good job of the long game of really uh, selecting some random heroes. And then it reverberated, reverberated after because, you know, certain characters have been like, you know, had relationships or were with, you know, or had battles with, you know, these heroes. And then they come back all fresh and they're just like, wait a minute. Like, I, that wasn't me, dude. <laughs> What's going on? So yeah. I have two. I have two things. One, mm-hmm. um, that's clearly that storyline is clearly inspired by the 1960s invasion of the body snatchers. 100%. Um, oh, yeah. In the pod people, which is great. It's awesome that they mm-hmm. did that. Um, and I have a question for you guys, just a speculation based on what we saw in the trailer, because here's the problem that I see with the MCU and based on what you said. So they're doing this, obviously, on the TV level, right? So that means that do you think it's going to rise to that same level of scale and scope that is presented in the comic? Or do you think this is going to be because the MCU has done one thing that we talk about, which is one of their flaws, is how much they undercut a lot of what happens in the comic books in their adaptations. Like they yeah. they scale it back. Way so back. way back. So how do you guys feel based on what you saw? Oh, it's definitely not going to be the same scale. Um, because because the reach that it had in the comics was there was no book that was off limits. Like mm. every 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 book got touched in some kind of way. Um, yeah. and good Captain Marvel story cam. This is true. This is actually one of the very better. Good Captain Marvel I say the story. two 
And as everyone knows, well-documented Captain Marvel hater, the two good <laughs> Captain Marvel stories um, are Avengers Infinity and um, Secret Evasion. Those are two, yes. like, 100%. excellent, excellent, excellent. Anything yes. that's, like, yes. Captain Marvel and both of those stories, it, it's probably the best use of the character, the best written of the character, and yes. the scale in terms of their power And we're set. talking about uh, Carol Captain Danvers? Marvel. Yeah, Carol, Carol, Carol Danvers, Danvers, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the best use of her power set. It's the best yes. use of the character. And they really, they if if they if Avengers Infinity Carol Danvers was in the MCU, it would be a wrap. Mm. And I think that oh, that's yes, the thing that absolutely. And the reason why I say that is because in this uh, Avengers Infinity, it's a huge like uni- universal wide event. Blah 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 blah. And so it was funny because the Avengers gather, so, you know, Tony and Cap and everybody, and then you know Cap starts doing his Cap stuff, and then Captain Marvel's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, we're we're in space now. <laughs> right. Uh, this is my you domain. Know Yep, and to her credit, that it was 100 percent correct, and so mm-hmm. and and the I mean, story that can breathe that, in space. Yeah, so the story that that evolves with that, and she's the, one of the center points of it. And I was like, wow, this is dope because it's not about yes, it's not it's not about anything about like uh, girl power or anything that. It's just about a dope character doing dope things, right. and and then but her but her being a woman adds even extra to that as well. And I think yes. that's the one thing. That's the thing that I admired about those two those two particular stories. Anything else outside and, of that? I would say in, in Secret Invasion, I think she just cut loose. Yeah. Like, yeah. you just, you just yeah. saw, like, Raw Dog her just beating the crap out of people, which is fun. Like, you, you part 100%. of this is, be real. Why well, Part of why you read comics is action sequences. And, yep. Yeah. and yep. She, you get your fill and, and then some several times over of Captain Marvel absolutely just, like, full power cutting loose. But also, yeah. that's, it, those are those on, moments. Like, she, she takes on a battalion of super scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one super scroll is hard to is hard to take down. There's a battalion of them that try to take Manhattan. She's like, no, <laughs> literally says no, and the air comic is her just cutting loose on a battalion. Yeah, well, and she's immensely a- powerful. Like yeah. she she yeah. has that kind of Superman vibe where she's mm-hmm. like, yes. she's she her power almost has no limits, and and she's godlike. So you know. I think when you have a situation like that where she cuts loose, it's just like when you see Superman cut loose on, on Dark Side or someone yes. like that. It's like we know that that power is there. It's when when it's unleashed that everybody should be running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you feel it, and you feel the gravitas of it. That's what yes. I say. Um, I think for the MCU version, it'll be interesting as we're bringing in some of our favorites. They're probably introducing a couple other new ones, which would be kind of cool. And so I think that part of it's going to be fun. Dope to see John Cheadle in there getting ready for his Armors War, uh, Armors War gig. Um, well, hang on, hang on. So you guys said that it impacted several books, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and it was so it wasn't oh, just no, okay. It was, it was line wide. Yeah. So this could potentially spiral off into the other MCU parts as well. Yeah. Depending on that way. Right. On, yeah. Yeah. So we. It, we could get it. I mean, you know, the it was, you know, the nod was in um, what's it called? Uh, Spider Man Far Away from Home. Yeah, far, yes. uh, far, from, far home. from home. Yeah. Far, far from home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where uh, Sam, where basically Fury and Hill are both scrolls. So I think that that was kind of the touch point, which I think is like started it. So like like you said, like on a small scale, if they left it as a series, that oh, makes sense. But if you're right, if they actually let it reverberate through all of the shows and all of the things then it could have the same effect, which, mm-hmm. which 
to Marvel's credit, would actually be something that would make having this show make sense. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the one thing I didn't understand when they made this show, because I was just kind of like, wait a minute, why don't you just do a S.H.I.E.L.D. show? Like, side note, we need Colson back, and we need uh, Belinda May. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, this is annoying. You guys are letting... Uh, you're, you're letting both of them just do their own thing. No, you need to bring them back for Shield. Just this. Honestly, I would take, I would take, I would take, Col- I would take the whole la- final team. Uh, yeah, and I mean the season five: Colson, May, uh, Fitz, Simmons, uh, Daisy, and Mac. Yeah. Like I would yep, take, yep. and yo, I would. Yeah, that last team was dope. Yeah, agreed. I would take that whole team and just yeah. be like, okay, pretend like. It's been five years and none of that crazy shit happened mm-hmm. after, after season six. Colson didn't die. Yep. And they just built a covert shield that worked because they went through all of the shield being a part of the government and, and yep, all yep, that stuff. Yep. They're black and, ops at this point. Yeah. And like that out. And, and, and you know what? Because of the secret invasion, it would be dope if, if they had the result. Well, be, if they had Fury recruit them. To help, yeah. to help with it. I mean, that could be the result. It could have been yeah. the result too. But yeah, that would have been fun too. It seems like they're, it seems like they're trending toward what's the the space station again? Oh, uh, sword, yeah. sword. Yeah, it seems like yeah. they're yeah, they are. They are. The space. It seems yeah, like they're yeah. trending heavy towards sword, which is sort of uh, 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 an offshoot of of shield. It's like the the, the extraterrestrial branch Version. of shield yeah. with less what's shield. Which is less smart? shields. Hey man, listen. <laughs> yes, that makes they're exceedingly clever. Try to dismantle it. Yeah. <laughs> Marble alone. So, they're so clever. I mean, it breaks my mind. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. 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 That's not necessary. But I think if they, um, you know, if they do go towards the whole sword situation, which I think was, which is good, um, then we get Abigail Brand, who's an awesome, awesome, awesome <laughs> character. <laughs> who also is a mutant too so that would be another like yes. again because didn't they say i guess that was the ending of miss marvel she's a mutant or something like that because that was the yes she is now yeah. definitely officially like a mutant which makes I sense think, um uh whedon's run on um on x-men officially she she came out as a mutant oh okay yeah so yeah, yeah. um That's there's cool. always an like excellent a, run by the way if you haven't read it go out and read that yeah, it's a good Josh, Josh Whedon's run. What think whatever you want about the man and his proclivities, but oh my God, yeah. that that, that X Men as a lifelong X Men fan, that is probably yeah. the best X Men anything I've read in twenty. Which one are you talking about, uh, Josh? Because I just want to make sure. Uh, was I read it astonishing? It. Oh yeah, I did it was, read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was yeah, phenomenal. It was great. Well, astonishing X Men is what a lot of. The movie or first class or a few movies borrowed from Astonishing. The first X-Men. movie borrowed partly from it. I think um yeah. the first one, the class one, did as well, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think basically one the, the best thing about Josh Whedon's is he kind of brought in the Warren Ellis level of, of magnitude to the X-Men. And I think it's yes. been missing for a long time. And so I think one of the good and things that payoffs, he run on like, Yeah. I think the thing that he the, the, the my favorite thing that he brought was payoffs like chris claremont was just so busy god god yeah god bless chris claremont I, I will never have a bad thing to say about that man but the thing that i didn't like about his run was there were so many plot points that were sort of interweaving and he seeded so much stuff that didn't get paid off until yeah. way 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 yep. down the line you almost forget that he seeded it yep 
And Joss Whedon was like, seed, later, 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 payoff. Like yeah. you, it, it didn't, it wasn't memory when you got the payoff every yeah, single time. It's too and the bad end he of that, did. The end of that story was just absolutely one of the greatest that ever read. Them. Top it five. It was great. And he, it's too bad that he got into the trouble that he did because he would have been the perfect um, writer for. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. For, I mean, the perfect director for X Men movie because he, nobody does ensemble team ups better than than Josh Whedon in terms of Dude. keeping character development to plot all that stuff in, in tow, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's the best at, at directing the Scooby gangs. Yeah. hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I think that's the thing where it's like, you know, after we didn't, there was a, a lot of ups and downs, more downs and ups. Uh, yeah. X-Men. Like I want to say like, oof, I want to say 10 years, maybe longer. It was, oof, it was bad. Um, yeah. But, and I think what ended up happening was a lot of writers are either trying to chase Josh Whedon or they just didn't want to write X-Men. <laughs> and so you could tell by the writing because the characters are all over the place. And so um, it was He set a high bar. And, that's, yeah, and his type of writing is, it takes, you got to really put some effort into that because it's, yeah. it's managing a lot of different characters and personalities and making sure that they're conforming to the rules of the world and, and yeah, all that stuff. A hundred percent. And I think- While building the, a narrative. And it was interesting because, you know, uh, when- uh, Jason Aaron came in, he did Wolverine and the X-Men. And I thought that was the stupidest idea. Because I was like, first of all, why is Wolverine leading the X-Men? This doesn't make no damn sense. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, there was even a good joke in the Avengers by Bendis where uh I think Spider-Man was like, Hey, you guys hear that uh Wolverine's like leading a team now? <laughs> he was like, he's he's like in charge of kids. <laughs> like, kids. <laughs> Which is just like because he's wow. the, he's a he's the headmaster of the school now, so that's why it was Wolverine and the X-Men. But, but anyway, I think that that is a, that's an attention grabber right there. 100%. That's, that's that's they they're like okay, everybody's gonna want to read this because it's Wolverine yep. and, leading exactly. the X Men, and, and I could totally tell the pitch the was basically overused like, Yo. character. Yep, overused character in the history of Marvel. But there, I bet you the pitch was definitely that Wolverine is the headmaster of, of the Academy. Let's see what happens. And, I mean, you know, it's a good idea. Credit, it was good. It just... We don't need it's it, a great yeah. it's a great idea even i i would read that I, I i did i would read i did read that book but it's like uh, after yeah. a while like i'm really sour on uh, and i'm like the biggest wolverine stand you'll ever meet but god man just like let it rest for a little while yeah even when like wolverine was dead quote unquote for x amount of time that was actually like he cool. wasn't gone long enough no nah, <laughs> they i think he was gone maybe three years but then in like yep. two years they brought old man wolverine back and yep. he's on the team and so you yep. didn't really you know it's just like yo man yep. like they need a gene graham like 10 years just on the bench sorry no wolverine no logan it could be x23 it could be saber two takes up the mantle mm-hmm. for two seconds i don't care but like I think honey badger oh honey badger too 100 her, her, <laughs> her name is scout now so before we oh, continue down this X, oh good job, thank you, thank you, DeAndre. X hole. So what are you guys thinking? This so I I'll just say this. I think I have no expectations for Secret Invasion. I I think um, it's exciting to see some of these old players back and uh, doing one of the TV runs uh, yeah. because that stuff has proven to be fun because it helps 
flesh out these characters a lot more, give them more interpersonal screen time, yada, and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, Amelia Clark's in it. I'm a big fan. Did they say what her own character was? They they are still Playing keeping that Abigail. a secret. Oh, she is. Oh, I didn't know that. She's gonna be I Abigail. Didn't. Yeah. I I the only thing I read that it was her role was still undisclosed, but I didn't know if they did they announce that at D23 or uh, they nah, did not announce that. But I mean, it, well uh, well known rumor. Like, yeah, what they yeah, at this point, well, it's like a, the worst kept secret. Like from what I understand, it's like all but it's everything but confirmed. Mm, okay, she's gonna well, be Abigail Brown. That would be dope. Okay, well, for the X Men initiates out there, that's yay. I I don't I don't know who Abigail <laughs> oh, Brown is, but I'm still I'm still excited about Amelia Clark. So that's I'll leave it at that. What are you she guys looking for? When you be happy, bro. <laughs> I know, and I know. I'd watched the shoe for two hours. Now, my what queen, are you guys? My queen. <laughs> what are you guys excited about? Um, I actually, though, know I just like uh, that they have Sam Jack back. He all, he already said like, "Yo, if whatever you guys need, <laughs> this yeah, bag like, is I'll nice." Doing this this as long is as you easy. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's um, like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever you want. I, I it's fine." I don't care. And I the man they, doesn't age, does nope. he? Nope. He just keeps that he same sixty-ish look. <laughs> Maybe Son is about to do, Son is about to do a, a, an action series. <laughs> Still looks the same. I was I was watching as a sidebar. I was watching the Hateful Eight the other day, and I was like, "Wow, this guy just looks the same." Yeah, <laughs> he just the doesn't. Like he's, been like, he's been the same age for about twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> I think he changed. He shifted in the two thousands, and he became a different age. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. trans. So he took on a new form. He's like freezing. He just stayed yep, right there. there. Yep, <laughs> he 100%. keeps the same face, um, but has a different form. Yep. Yeah, I would say overall, I'm pretty much as far as I mean, I'm I'm ex- I'm hyped about Abigail Brand. Like that is my favorite character from the Joss Whedon run, and. Just an overall dope character. Like she's just she's just the worst person ever. Okay. <laughs> That's why I remember that it. name uh, from, yep. from the Josh Whedon run. I'm yeah. like, where do I remember yep. the name Abigail? Yep. Green hair. And she's she's basically yes. the head of Sword. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they already introduced Sword, so it makes sense. Yep. And, yeah. And and you exactly. need more. So, um, you need more anti-hero Fury type characters in the MCU. Like you need more yes. unscrupulous people that kind of do good, sort of, but in reality, they're not really that good. But if it suits them, they'll mm-hmm. be good. Like you need, I think you need more of that in MCU right now. As you know, as of right now, you basically just have Punisher, uh, you got Fury-ish, and then I mean Well, I guess Deadpool's coming. Yeah, Deadpool's coming. But you like you said, you need those like characters that are, you know, questionable morals, but still do the right thing. But I wonder yeah. if um with her do they scale back? Uh, what's her name that was in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Julie Leo Dreyfus plays her, Madam Hydra. But oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Quintet. So she's is? gonna be in Thunderbolts, yeah. she's gonna be the head of she's gonna be like the Nick Fury uh, of the Thunderbolts, yeah. Uh, so she's like um Disney Waller, yeah, Disney yes. White Waller. Sorry. White Waller. <laughs> Disney's White, 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 White Waller, hence, henceforth known as White Waller, White Waller. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the same realm as Fat Waller, but you know, no, because there's only one. <laughs> there is only one. There's only one. Waller. You remember oh, her well. full name? <laughs> I forgot her full name. <laughs> ah, 
I keep calling the, the character. Oh, wait, wait, which uh, Willie Louis yeah. Dreyfus is uh, the character, character is magically uh, has more more name her name than she than than the actual real life. <laughs> yeah, it's really long. It's like Contessa, Contessa, something, something, something. Contessa yeah. yes, something. Yeah, De La Fontaine is the last name. De La Fontaine. Oh, which I like. Adam Hydra. <laughs> I yeah, like her, I like. Let me say, Adam Hydra shorter. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be interesting about Thunderbolts too, just because you know we already have su- Suicide Squad. So what you guys gonna do? <laughs> They're gonna give you a Disney version of Suicide Squad, which is a bunch of questionable people who really don't. They shoot rubber bullets at people and and they beat them up and. <laughs> And in the end, they're gonna do something heroic, and and then they're gonna somebody's gonna do something bad, and but everybody will look good in the end. I mean, as long as I can you know, see my my uh, my boo Florence you, we good. I got it. I got it. Valentina Go Allegra de Fontaine. That's what it is, Valentina. I keep saying Quintessa. For so long. Yeah. Or anyway, Adam Hydra, whichever you need, whichever you want. Yeah, Florence. Yeah. I'm looking more forward for Florence Pugh and and Doom. Oh yes, but that's a whole another. As whole Princess Irulan, yeah, that's a dope. whole another yeah. another story. Nah, she uh, she's, she's taking some big swings lately, man. It's, it's good. I like it. I like all the swings she's taking and all the stuff that she's dropping in. It's, it's, all, it's all like good stuff. And she's excellent. She 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 does a great job in the role she. Uh, to, I, the first thing I ever saw her in was um, uh, Midsummer. Uh, the, oh, Mid Midsummer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the horror the, film, yeah. The horror yep, yep, film, yep. yeah. It was uh, disturbing. She was excellent. Yeah, yeah. She's been taking some interesting roles. I'm, I'm curious to see the more stuff that she does. As she, because she's been balancing the. I'm an MCU. I'm in a real movie. I'm an MCU. Yeah. I'm in a real movie. <laughs> yeah, she she's one of those who are gonna not be defined by her character in the MCU. Like yeah. she, she's totally. or in, even in Dune. Like it's she'll play Princess Irland and then she'll do five films that are like Oscar contenders or, or like at least two yeah. of them are Oscar contenders or something like that. Yeah. Nope. I can totally see that. Um how do we feel right. about the uh, Thunderbolts roster? You know what? With what they got, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I think it'll be a fun sure, why not is not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got Taskmaster, who they like just nerfed, sorta, and then you have I Taskmaster died in that movie. Nah, remember it was revealed. No, that it was no, his daughter. no, not at the end. No, Mm-mm. yeah, at the end it was revealed that it was his daughter all along. The, oh so yeah, the widow, remember the widows be another feckless villain. Yeah, yep, exactly. The, exactly. the widows pulled up and sort of t- carried her away, and that's right, that's right. So that's let's right. see. There's Elena. There's Red Guardian. That's a no-brainer. He's gonna be great. It's, it's Jim oh, the two of them it's together fine. are going to be great. Like, just yeah, to, exactly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, to be fair, they could have just made it uh, Red Guardian, Elena, and uh, freaking Bucky and just called it a day. Like, oh, yeah. what? what, what that's why do we need anyone? Why do we need anyone else? Like, we got US, US agent. Uh, all right, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, so we got the Winter Soldier, He's an interesting one. Yep, Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky. Yep. No, um, uh, U.S. agent or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah. because he didn't. He still had the. Some of those others have have done redemptive things. I don't know if right. he really had um redemption. Or, so that's why I said he's an Not interesting really. one based on where he left off, and I think he could be the wild card. Like he could Agreed. be the one that that really, especially the buddy on the team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like he could be the one that ends up being for real. He could be the peacemaker to 
Valentina's uh, to, you know, how Waller used Peacemaker on the mm-hmm. team in, in Suicide Squad, where he was like her her gun, where they the rest pointed at them at, that they didn't know mm-hmm. about until it was too late. So yep. he, he's interesting. But are there, are there a few more? Josh, I saw. Ghost. Which I thought was an interesting put. That was Ant- yeah. Ant-Man, cool. right? Is that yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man? Uh, I mean, yeah. basically all the villains that are alive. Because <laughs> all those, <laughs> all those villains ended up at the end, basically dropping their of some sort. Yeah, yeah like exactly. they're on the path of redemption or whatever. And uh, and Elena and Red Guardian were never truly villains. Villains per se. Were, right? Yeah, exactly. More. I mean, Elena is an assassin that kills people, right? Yeah, like she's not yeah. a villain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Taskmaster, who was completely underbaked in in. Like everything yeah. else in Black Widow, yeah, exactly. yeah, uh, and of course, Madame Hydra herself, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Now, is Julia Louis, Julia Louis Dreyfus going to be in the film? Supposedly, yes, yes, yep. She's so, awesome. Yeah, she was great. She was great. <laughs> yeah. I thought she yeah. was great. great character. Um, the other thing I was going to say, will they give her green hair? Ooh, I don't know. That would be you know, they probably gonna streak some in her hair look just to make it to give it red. like a slight thought, green tint. Yeah, because I could have swore there was a little bit greenish in her hair in in winter, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like when I looked <laughs> at it, it looked like there was a little bit of tint of green in it. Not a lot. Yeah, shot. No, no yeah. really. Yeah, she's wearing a green trench coat though. That's probably what it was. I remember there was something green about her, like that. That was like, yeah, um, like a visual green, reference. almost black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think also uh, we probably can expect Baron Zemo to show up, which I would hope. Um, which would be pretty dope. Baron, Baron Zemo. Zemo. Oh yeah, Baron. Zemo. It, I, I will protest that show if they don't <laughs> have Baron Zemo. Well, they need to let him show up as, as Baron, like. He needs to be Baron Zemo. Yeah, I'm, I don't want the dancing. Baron Zemo. Yeah, yeah, yes. I don't want the dancing. Enough of that. I don't yep. want the dancing. Baron dancing Zemo Baron Zemo is legendary. You will not <laughs> blaspheme. He can live in legend, but in this present time, I want the. I want the. I want the. Re, I want the more grounded Baron Zemo. One that we know. No, no, no. We need. We need Machiavellian. We need Machiavellian. Uh, the Baron Zemo, right? Yeah. Zemo. We need the one that beat the mess out of who is that he beat the crap out of and Are killed it? um what it was I can't remember. Is that was it Captain America? No, he beat the mess out of somebody with like a club. I remember Jarvis to a, the Masters oh, of Evil invade rated the uh maybe that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, he beat somebody, he gave him yeah, the Joker he, Jason Todd treatment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah. Jarvis. It was Jarvis. Like mm. he beat Jarvis mercilessly, mercilessly in front of Cap because Cap was like that's tied what up it was. That's yep. what it was. Yep. He didn't yeah. beat Cap. He beat Jarvis down, and Cap was watching. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the, that's Cap the watch. Baron Zemo I want to see. And he doesn't have to be that vicious. Obviously, it's, it's uh, Disney, yeah. but that level of like, you know, I'm gonna hurt you, and I'm gonna do it in a way that you're gonna want to kill me afterwards. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm and, and it would be good if he was the big bad. Like that would make sense because you have yeah. people on there that all have some at least a little bit of a grievance of him um at some point. Um there's rumor that the abomination might be on that team as well. Um uh, that, oh, that, that takes the place I of like Red Hulk. 
Yeah, that it's overkill. overkill. That is a little overkill. That's too many members on their team, actually. And he's having fun in She-Hulk. <laughs> maybe that is just a rumor. Maybe or maybe he'll show up, but he won't be that big of a. Well, the way that they're placing him in She-Hulk, like he doesn't really. It's kind of, it's re, he's really just there to be like, hey, the abomination exists in the Marvel universe. I, ah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing it up at She-Hulk, but mm, there may be something more to this. Yeah, so that's the that and the Abomination. There, you announced another character returning from that 2008 Incredible Hulk movie that I'm excited about. Oh, Tim God, Blake yeah. Nelson's. I just don't the, want him in uh, that movie. Samuel <laughs> Stearns. He's going to be in which movie? That's why I brought it up. Which uh, Captain weird. America New the uh, Captain America New World Order. Yeah, so he's a so, is he the he's a big bad in that one supposedly. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so, so why? So why don't you want him in that film? Because he is a Hulk villain, and he nah, needs to take on true. the Hulk. And that's my true. that that will always be my my. True. Like, the leader is one of the greatest, one of the greatest Hulk villains of all time. Uh, he's so he's so anti Hulk. He's anti Hulk, and he's at least as smart as Bruce. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's what oh, that's what drives his hatred of uh, incredible. Yeah, man. Like I mean, like, the, the, intelligence, the, and then the yeah, arc yeah. where the arc where he poisons Bruce, like he designs a poison that that uh, that um, that accelerates that accelerates the progression of the poison every time he changes into the Hulk, and then he wow. designs situations where he has to become the Hulk, and then the last wow. time that he becomes the Hulk, like I think he burns it out of his system. What was how did that end? Like it was, I think it was he like, kills Bruce, but he doesn't kill him. He just killed him because the right. poison was done, and then he gets back up as Hulk, and then it's pretty right. good. And because like really the way they set it up, you're convinced that he's gonna kill Bruce. Like yeah. you, you have no idea how they're gonna how he's gonna get out of it. And basically, well, he yeah. just burns it out of the system as the Hulk. Well, we've had um, a pretty sad affair with the Incredible Hulk in the MCU since. Uh, uh, well, I would say since since Avengers and since Avengers Infinity War, I was I would yes. mark that as yeah downslide because before that he was Mr. Hulk. He oh, was okay, um, but we haven't gotten that Hulk from two thousand that they were building in two thousand eight, which is that motherfucker that every time that the anger he gets, just look out. Like it's it's just, Amen. and I think to your point, Josh, that's the reason I asked you why didn't you want mm-hmm. to see the leader in that film is because imagine if we had gotten a sequel and the fact that the last thing before that the abomination fight was mm-hmm. the fact that Bruce's blood falls into the wound on Stern's head and you see yep. the, the the skull start and he smiles. Um, so I mean, I think they would have had a hard time turning his sort of admiration of that power into hatred, they would have had to kind of, because he was kind of... I think they could have twisted the admiration for the power into like, well, you're thwarting my plan. Like, I want to do things and you're not with it. You need to get with the program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you can foment hatred that way. Like, if you're not going to be down, then I got to kill you. Absolutely. And also the leader is not a physically imposing yeah, at no. all. He's just exactly. got a big head and psionic <laughs> abilities and all that. But that's uh, the, and he's, that, he's got that's psionic powers right. though, right? He's got like, um, mental mental powers. No, power, I think right? he's just nah, incredibly smart. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Hector Hammond, Hammond uh from uh from uh 
Green Lantern. Hector oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hector yeah. Hammond has the big, is like the big equivalent yeah. to the leader, has the big ass head, but he has psionic abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting because, like, you know, you know, Captain America is going to be interesting too because is it going to be just a long Captain America Winter Soldier or is it going to be some stakes or, you know, like mm-hmm. all our black characters are kind of lame. So let's hope you're a little well, bit. Well, that's also a big. That's going to be a big gambit for Marvel either way because Anthony Mackie hasn't been on the solo venture in in the movie. Yeah. Yet also you're fil- you're putting him into the role of Captain America. Um, and I'm not saying and this is not to bring that up. It's barring all the racial stuff and all of the all that crap. This Chris Evans was Captain America for mm-hmm. a, a decade and there hasn't been an, a lot of time passed since he was last Captain America. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think they, they're good because of the strength of the overall MCU and people are going to be excited to see a new MCU movie, but it's going to, they got a, a really mountain to climb to reboot yeah. the series. And, 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 and Anthony Mackie's got to work a little, he's going to have to be more than what he's been in this, in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because I think even in Falcon and Winter Soldier, he still didn't feel like he was walking on a journey of his own as much as trying to fill Steve Rogers shoes, but also mm-hmm. figure out his own, uh, pick up the pieces of the aftermath of all the events of what happened. So they do a good job of pushing him for his development further. It'll be interesting to see where this one goes. I think that's probably going to be that and Ant- Ant-Man, Quantumania, for me, are the, the more, the bigger ones that I'm looking forward to. I mean, I think for me, with Captain America, New World Order, I'm curious to see what they do, like how they position him, because mm-hmm. it worked with him and Buck- Bucky is the buddy cop thing. Right. And and I think you put it perfectly. Anthony Magazine don't get me wrong but i'm really curious to see what he brings to the table being the front man because right. captain america is the guy like, yeah yeah and we I mean, went on a hero's journey with steve we went on a hero's journey with steve rogers from several times origin yes. exactly from his origin to his time as Cap, his early years as cap to being frozen to coming back to leading the Avengers to all the way to the to the war against Thanos. So and along that time, the Falcon was a sidekick. Yeah. So you don't erase that just because you have the shield. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like it's it's kind of that's why I'm saying it's interesting. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying he's mm-hmm. got a big he's got a lot to because when yep. I heard yeah. the pair of shoes to fill. A big yeah. pair of shoes and a lot of he's got to be more because when I saw that they were going along with it, I'm like, oh, wow, they're really doing this Captain America new new uh, trilogy or franchise or series of movies with Mackie at the helm. Yeah, This is going to be interesting because he hasn't been on that level by himself as far as I'm, I can recall any. Movie yeah, I would say the only right thing now. is, um, uh, Alter Carbon was when he did the second season of that. He was the main right. person, and um, he, and he did a, a solid job. I it didn't. He didn't take away from it. He didn't add too much extra, 
but it was still cool. Like it was like, oh, okay, he could drive a, a he could be a starring role, and, and, mm-hmm. and had, it was solid action and everything else. But at the same time, it was that's not the same as a gravitas of like right. Um, Chris, a, Chris Evans, we were kind of like, I don't know if the I don't know if Human Torch can play Captain America, and then. 15 minutes in, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, he's, he, he <laughs> so, can be Steve Rogers. He's an annoying Boy Scout. Yep. So the question I had, Cam, you've read more uh, Falcon as Captain America than I have. How do you feel like that character played as Captain America? I would say in the comics, it was done well because they, they did lean on the racism aspect of things. Mm-hmm. They leaned, um, but... They did or they didn't? They did. They did. Okay. So, like, the Flag Smashers are mad at the Black Dudes Captain America, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, the one thing I would say is they they surrounded him with a good cast of characters. So, he had Mr. Okay. Knight, was his girlfriend at the time. Uh, D-Man was there. Um, they made a new Falcon. And so, they gave him enough around him to kind of have, like, a little Scooby gang type thing. And then, then they gave him some good stakes to, like, rise up to the occasion. But I think he was leading the Avengers. His time on the Avengers was okay. There was nothing anything like, oh, I mean, whatever. Um, but I think the I don't think they gave him enough time to have the gravitas to have, be a Captain America, to be honest. Because I think Bucky Cap was like, had a little bit more of an impact. And that was only like mm-hmm. maybe for two, two or three years. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But at least Bucky Cap was like, you know, he had a gun. She was like making a stamp on things. Because um, I'm, so I'm curious to see whether or not uh, I'm curious to see whether or not what you describe carries over to the, I mean, and they do a good job with that. So I don't think there, there's going to be a fall off. Yeah. I think what they're going to do is they're going to be able to infuse what, uh, into the character in the films. That's my thing. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think if they do that, I think that'll be cool. Cause I think one of the thing is like, you know, uh, Sam Wilson has a chip on his shoulder because, you know, people don't really respect him as Captain America. It took a bit, but when they did, you know, he had to, he had to have his moment to, to actually have the respect part. And I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that hasn't really seen from Mackie. So we might need uh, an intro like the Batman where you get a good you know, punch in the face of who this character is. We might need something <laughs> like that in the beginning of Captain America to remind you of like, yo, 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 Sam Wilson is the dude now. Like, I think that's the one thing we haven't really seen. Um mm-hmm even through the show because i like like i like the show because it was a buddy cop that's all i really wanted i was like if it's a buddy cop thing got some jokes in it you know i think it had some good action it was cool but i'm curious to see if they can really establish him as the dude because i think that's what chris evans really did really well by himself yeah by himself yeah <laughs> yeah honestly i'm more interested in watching him and bucky again frankly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great it was i mean it was Good action. It was fun bantering. Like I like, I love me a, a Tango and Cash. You know, it's like so. Cool. Bucky will be in New World Order too, or as well. But not as sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I hope he's in it. Oh, maybe there's something in there, but um, yeah, he'll pop in. They, but I don't think he's they should be have some. Cro- they should have some crossover into the, that movie. Like, they, yeah. it, would be, it would be stupid not to because essentially Thunderbolts is like the the non superpowered people of the MCU that's semi villains, you know? Mm. And the then almost Captain, <laughs> Yeah, they almost Avengers, basically. And then you have Sam Wilson who's not powered either. So like it would stand to reason that you're gonna see some Agent 13, you're gonna see some Zemo, you're gonna see something in that realm. Um, is there a, is there is there ever a scenario where the Thunderbolts get the Thunderbolt uh the Avengers have to take on the Thunderbolts? Yeah, a couple times. Okay. Like they did the um, I mean the Zemo version, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, 
and then later on when they do the other incarnations, it's, uh, it's different. The one that isn't I really that like liked, a massacre though. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that like a, isn't that like a, a on paper? Isn't that a slaughter? Yeah, basically, basically, it's not really like. I mean, when they had uh, Bread Hulk, it was fun, but in general, it's like. But, oh, well, but yeah. <laughs> there was a there was an incarnation with um that was actually really dope, and it was at, it, the team colors were black and red, and it was Electra, Punisher, Red Hulk, <laughs> Venom, and Deadpool, I think. Yeah, oh, that's and that, well, yeah, then, and, then that team could take on the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, and that was and that was a fun like because it, it was a black it was more black ops. It was definitely about some death and blah 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 blah. Oh, um, I would imagine. And so it it wait how was Electra alive? I don't even remember. There's okay. I couldn't even tell. I just I could All not right. tell you how. And okay. she's a, she, she's Daredevil now too, by the way. Yeah, what? that's what, yeah. Matt, Matt Burdock gave up for a bit, so then she stepped in and she was Daredevil with Wild uh, Kingpin's the mayor, I think. I don't know. The Daredevil situation right now is all over the place in the comics. Um, well, to wrap the last part, even though we know this is gonna take longer than we thought, um, Disney also dropped uh the Little Mermaid uh trailer. There was a lot of fishes, there was a lot of water, some scales, <laughs> um, you know, there was some singing. A and it was a familiar track, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Track. So, you know, this is a live action situation. Um, it was pretty, you know, people like saw it and they were like, Oh, you know, it was kind of cool. That's about it. You're gonna get that, a that terrible the Jamaican accent and accented <laughs> guy singing under the sea again. <laughs> I, yeah, I just heard it out. in my I just heard it in my mind and it made me laugh. Uh, it was terrible, man. It was terrible. Lots of Jamaican actors out there. That's the all, <laughs> all I'm saying. You know, if you guys do not know, uh, our resident Car- uh, Caribbean Josh is uh, annoyed at a Hollywood Jamaican Hollywood Caribbean accents. All of them. All of them. Not just Jamaican. As, as he should be. <laughs> all bad all the time. They all I don't understand it. They are terrible, and they and it's like now you just, they still just don't try. The worst pro- recent example, not to go too far into this, was probably Luke Cage because that was <laughs> yep. that was that was just inexcusable. Cam inexcusable. is see, Cam is laughing because he remembers. Did I call you? <laughs> like I was watching Luke Cage on he Friday night. Quite, quite, quite irate. I was I was beside myself because the accents were just so bad. Oh my god. Miranda, Miranda Dillon. <laughs> Miranda <laughs> Dillon. Uh you know, fun fact, yeah. I actually live uh three three blocks from the uh the, the I think the restaurant that was in Luke Cage. Oh um, yeah. Yes, yeah, you do. They, 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 um but anyways, we yeah, suffice they, they to say all of Brooklyn and they did. They did toured all of Brooklyn and then gave you a Labor Day parade with Jamaican music. Good times. <laughs> Yeah. Good times. We skipped over all the Caribbeans. Just yeah, you know that's that's apparently Jamaica is the Caribbean. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that's it's the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's the United Caribbean of Jamaica. Yeah. Yes. That actually would have been better if they just did that. <laughs> made up a fictional Caribbean island. You know what? I could live with that before <laughs> being just all bad Jamaican accents. Yeah. <laughs> just make it up. Like, you know. I'm not even Jamaican dude. and it's insulting. Oh, dude, this is hilarious. But um, anyway, Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. So basically, people are mad that uh, the Little Mermaid has nigga scales. 
Has what? Does she have what? I said nigga scales. <laughs> wow. Wow. The reason why I say this wow. is um, so the hubbub about uh Jamaica is uh was it Chloe Chloe? Is it Chloe Bailey? I'm, yes. Um, yes, Chloe Bailey. She's playing Ariel. Ellie she Holly uh, Bailey. Yes. Oh, that's right. It's Holly. Chloe's, yeah. Chloe's the who? Holly Bailey. Yes. Yes. Um, of uh, Chloe and Holly um, singing duo. They are both fine. They are both black, and they both sing amazingly well. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of people were a little upset that uh, old Ariel Bye. is a, a chocolate chocolate skin lady. And so. Shout out to my friend Filio. He, I went to one of his shows, and I'm gonna butcher his joke, but he was saying that he was um, on Facebook. He had saw the trailer for a Mermaid, and he was just like, "Yo, this trailer is really dope. Um, Ariel's a black woman. This will probably be pretty good for all the you know little black girls to see this." Da 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 da. And he was like, some random uh, Facebook dude. He was just like, "Well, that doesn't make sense because like, how can there be black people under the water?" Because the sun doesn't reach the uh, wouldn't reach the the the, the, the mermaids. <laughs> and so then Filio's like, uh, well, first of all, that's you know that's an interesting point. <laughs> but then he had to stop himself, like, no, no, wait, hold on, wait, are we really debating if the sun can melanate the skin of a mermaid to be a black person? <laughs> It is as preposterous as it, as as any question or or anything in regards to a, turning a fantasy character's skin a different color, like it, it, or, or cast an actor where it's just Yikes, the it's, a, it's a ridiculous thing. Like Quilla well, Tifa is on. Ursula, right? So hold I on, guess she on. needs to be blue. You know, by erasing Ariel, <laughs> she's not going to be blue a, then. It, well, by erasing exactly. Ariel and her red hair, we're now disenfranchising all the little red-headed girls out there that look to uh, Ariel. All the, the ginger, <laughs> all, all the ginger oh. babies out there. <laughs> yeah, well, that notwithstanding, I made a mistake. She Queen Latifah was the was Ursula in the live. Oh, Broadway, the live action, the, yeah. The, I don't the know who is. Broadway, okay. yeah. yeah. I don't know in, who um, Ursula is in the live. Let me see. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, oh, it's Melissa is, McCarthy. Oh, this that's is good. oh, that's a good call. That's a good oh, casting. but guess who's King Trident is Javier Bardem. Oh, wow. a little Spanish flavor now. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. this is oh. kind of a cool. David Diggs is Sebastian's voice. So, <laughs> so Sebastian right. is the lobster, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, he's a lobster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so see, see. All right, this could be interesting. So I mean the trailer I mean, was cool and I, I, I enjoyed it, but I was laughing because the you know, Twitter is accessible when it's accessible and when it's when it's even worse, it's even a worse cesspool. <laughs> and so the the like bad like male flavored takes of people was just like uh-huh. it it was just so wild. Like I don't understand. It just one, who has the time to be mad that a cartoon character is is black now. <laughs> well, you know, this is so. This is the thing that black, when black people always talk about, you gotta be twice as good to get half as far. This is the mm-hmm. shit we're talking about because mm-hmm. it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. The character can be any car- any color that the that the people who make the 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 that 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 are making the, the character to be. Yeah. I'm sure they probably uh, they probably auditioned a 
mountain of white girls. And none of them made the cut. And a black girl did. It's really simple. It's really, 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 really simple. I Until mean, they make it, it up until something. Say again? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just adding until you know, they make it, it about something else. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, it's the same shit when 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 it was announced that Idris Elba was going to play Heimdall. But he killed it. But until he killed it, until he killed it to the point where there was nothing anyone could say, there was just nothing but argument. I mean, yeah. Twitter was, yeah. as you said, Twitter was Twitter was worse than it usually is. Yep, for yep, yep. the year and some change before before you actually saw the man play the role. And he didn't not, do I that don't wanna, job in the first floor. He killed I it. Don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to say that to negate what you just said about Heimdall, but yep. or, or make any excuse for the criticism. The one yep. thing I will say is it's a little bit different in terms of the homogeneity of Scandinavian and Norse, Norse sure. mythology. Yeah. Now I get, that, I that get, I yes. can't understand that argument over the aerial one. Yeah, but, well, and but also the other part. Of it was me, so. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Also, no, that's why I say I don't yeah. want to say that to no, say no, 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 that. No, no, no. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that to you. I know you. I know you know what's up. Yeah, yeah. Just but you're saying like no, who cares? Characters, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, who, also, also, Ariel should be uh, luring sailors to their death and, and singing to them and then killing them. And all yeah, she's supposed to be a siren. Yeah. And actually, yeah. in in actuality, she wouldn't. A mermaid would look like a like a fish. Yeah, basically. Like it would, um, it would have scales. It would have teeth like a yep. fish. It would look like a fish. So the fact that she looks like basically uh, um, a beautiful woman with a bikini top, Mary Jane, and and just a, a what do you call it a fin? You know that's already the fantasy about it because mermaids in in mythology and lore were terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Well, and um, yeah. now sometimes Twitter could be funny. As into this one's particular tweet, quote unquote, <laughs> the problem is that canonically Ariel's bottom half is cod, whereas in the new trailer she appears to be half mahi mahi. Yet another example of the left woke anti white fish agenda. <laughs> See, now that's just that's what you call, oh pain. You, you, you know, that's like a person that you know what that person is. You remember that in Living Color sketch where Damon Wayans played the, the prison guy that was always using the wrong big words? Yeah. yeah, like that's what that guy sounds like. Yo, it's like that was awesome. you tried to apply an academic <laughs> argument by using imbecilic jargon. Like, like the, you sound like a mush mouth fool. Like what the fuck yeah. was that? <laughs> but I think anti-white fish? <laughs> Don't people uh, eat, eat white fish? Like, I didn't know that they were like, now, they was now like, it's oh, probably oh, sarcastic. White fish I, didn't cl- I didn't click on it, but it's probably sarcastic. No, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just funny. Like, but, I, uh, but I, I would say one thing though is, um, two things is one, we always talk about before, you know, we'd rather see new black characters than retreads of old white characters. That's just a you know, baseline yes. for most black creatives. Um, but two, the one bright part of all of this is um, Haley posted on her Instagram and she posted up all the little kids watching the trailer for the first time. Mm. And that montage was actually pretty fucking dope. And it was yeah. yes. it was one of the things that kind of re- softens our old, har- uh, hardened hearts. 
where we kind of forget sometimes that it is a big deal for a small child, especially yes. black, to yeah. see themselves on media. Like us yeah. as old people, we've kind of we still have our own issues. We've gotten past it. We haven't got past it, whatever. But to see younger black kids, especially the ones under six, that see uh, Princess Tiana on you know Princess and the Frog, or they see themselves on television, the Proud Family, or they see these types, it mm-hmm. is or it does impact them in a positive way, yep. and it's one of those things that I didn't really fully grasp until um, I was uh, I was hosting a panel for my old college well, around Black Lives Matter situation. And we had some of the black students and they're way younger than me. And so when they asked them, you know, what what cartoon kind of got you into animation as a, an illustration? And a lot of them said The Proud Family. A lot of them said Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in my head, one, I'm old. But two, it, <laughs> I, I realized how impactful these type, just seeing themselves in a cartoon and how mm-hmm. and how it motivated them on the on artistic and creative part. So they, they have more of it than we do, and that's one hundred percent. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. best than we did, and that's yeah. the best part about it. And and you know, maybe this is just me being sarcastic, but isn't that film The Little Mermaid set in the Caribbean anyway? Like, I mean, Jamaican like. Lobster. Isn't it? But that's the implication, right? Yes. Like that's so, Josh. That's supposed to be the implication, right? That those that, that, is, that's that somewhere is a partial implication, yes. In the sea where the Caribbean islands are, so that stands to reason that a mermaid, if she is beautiful, it looks like uh, uh would look like highly like Goodness. like highly yes. exactly. Yeah, with the crinkly red hair and all. For all you <laughs> out there who are like to be geographically accurate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it, it, it takes me back to when I took my daughter to see Wonder Woman, and she was in her late teens at that point. And even seeing just, just seeing a woman, forget a woman that didn't, but seeing a woman on screen was a big deal for her, like in that yeah. powerful a role. Yeah, was just like, and I mean, we've at this point, my daughter and I have gone to see just about every, every, everything under the sun that was superhero adjacent forget mainline um we were just on everything and so there was a glee that that kid had and she's like a sullen teenager at this point so there was no (laughs) glee is not something that enters her vocabulary but there was like a lightness and a glee about her when we saw that movie so i can only imagine what little black girls are going to think seeing you know seeing seeing someone that looks like them you know they already whether they were going to be singing under the sea and all the other songs uh, uh, that that are associated with that film, out the gate, that was a done deal. But the fact that the character looks like them is just such a big deal, such a big deal. I can I only wish that my daughter would, so that she could see that because she's already a jaded twenty something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right though, and I think that's the one thing that like it. I'm glad I saw that um, that video that uh, Haley had posted, but kind of making the rounds. And it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, there's been a, a especially on social, you see a lot more um, sharing of like uh, black joy moments and Jack, uh, mm-hmm. black happy moments, which I really, which I appreciate now. And people are, 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 at least the black community are stopping to share, oh, this person got shot. Here's a live video of it. It's a lot more of like, let's actually think of like, you know, when, uh, what was it? Uh, black men frolicking <laughs> was one of the, uh, was one of the hashtags. It was literally a black man with a cell phone running in a in a gra- in the grass, <laughs> and they're just like, "Yo, look, look, y'all, I'm frolicking." And it was a bunch of these like uh, black men frolicking in different places around the United States. One hilarious and silly, 
but two, also just funny because you see the joy that they have mm-hmm. in their faces. Because frolicking is pretty fun if you've never done it before. <laughs> have you frolicked recently? I have not frolicked recently. I need to do. I need to get on uh, that. <laughs> well, frolicking will be on my list of things to do as a black man now. Now that you, you, you've endorsed it, yeah. But so I think you know it is it, and then the, and then the other part of me is also like, man, it sucks that you know that's what we need. We need to see ourselves on screen for us mm-hmm. to do big kites. Like, luckily, I've been around my whether my family or other people that I know as I grown up that I, that wasn't such a big thing that I needed to see for myself. It's cool to see it, but I never needed that to keep to to pursue the things I wanted to go for. But yeah, I also realized when I got older, on a regular basis. <laughs> but, <laughs> But to that credit, that's the thing I, I started to realize as I gotten older is a lot of a lot of black kids didn't have that kind of support network or that kind of structure around them. And so they do need to see these things so they can get so they have that validation or they feel, you know, it's it within their it's, it's you know, they need to see, um, you know, black directors and black superheroes and these types of things, and, mm-hmm. and especially at a younger age and even at an older age. And so. It's interesting that I have, that's the one duality I always think about sometimes because, like, me personally, I don't give a fuck. But I, when I see other people and how much it means to them to see themselves on a piece of media on that level and that scale, like when Joe, John Boyega is a, is a Jedi, he, he has, he, uh, or he might be a Jedi because he uses the um, lightsaber and everyone's like, oh shit, you know. Um, so it yeah, is just the mere prospect blew that, blew that out of the water. Yep. Yeah. Which is weird because Mace Windu been around for like ten years, but whatever, whatever. Story, <laughs> yeah, different story. Which is but a good right. segue to the Star Wars uh, trailers. Yes, which is an excellent segue to the Star Wars trailers. The last ones that we have left over were uh, Tales of the Jedi and Mando. And yes, I the funny part is we could put both of these together because we get about the same amount of pieces of information <laughs> from <laughs> it. Because the Mando trailer literally was like, here's what you, here's what you missed in the first two seasons, and then here's like 15 seconds of what's like, what you're about to see. Yeah, yeah. and I got a feeling that one isn't they probably not even finished with that yet. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's not debuting into the next year, and so they're probably in post or what not trying to edit episodes or whatever. Yeah, totally. And I I think it's gonna be interesting because I mean they they're going in the right direction of expanding more on the um the Mandalorians and the quote unquote true ones and the the difference between. Uh, his Mandalorians, the cult, and then the ones that we all know of. Yeah, um, Mo Bo Katan. Yep, exactly. Yes. Mo Katie Satchoff. I'll, I'll, I'll never, yes. I'll never complain about more Katie Satchoff than Bo more, Katan. more Katie Sackoff. That's all we need. We are, we are staunch of Katie Sackoff on the, on, the, on this pod. hundred percent. You know, so if we're she can have her own show if she wants. If we, if word ever reaches her, yes, we do worship at the altar. <laughs> she is nerd. She is a nerd god queen at this at this point. Like she, she she's she's been in every almost every nerd fantasy story that is like that means a damn thing. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars. Like yep, come on, yep. even for these guys, don't even like horror films. And I know that Katie Satchel got her start in Halloween Resurrection two thousand two. Wow, deep cut. Yeah. Nice. They all, they all, they. She's from that school of uh, the ones that that would do a a bad horror movie and they put a rocket on them. (laughs) Gotta get on. Gotta get on somehow. And then, um, and then Tales of Jedi. I didn't watch the trailer, but I knew that it's supposed to be split, where it's some stories about Dooku and then some stories about Ahsoka. Yeah, it's an anthology. Yeah. Yeah. So it to be fun. It looks like it's stories about Dooku before he left the Order. Yes. Mm. 
right before, which will young, be interesting because that was around a time where he first meets uh, Palpatine and he also yep. met Plagueis. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. And Plagueis was actually eyeing him. Actually, Plagueis in the novel manip- gets Palpatine to pursue an, uh, an accord with, with Dooku because he saw his discontent. And he knew that Dooku was a very powerful, uh, comes from a very powerful and wealthy family and influential family, which is why when he gave up his his title as Jedi, he went back to being called Count. He had a he had an, 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 an entire inheritance waiting for him um, and nice. political influence and all that. And Plagueis saw that and he wanted that as a part of, which is why Palp- he and Palpatine ended up becoming close. So when Maul died, instead of trying to train a fresh new um, um, apprentice, he just right. Took recruited yeah. recruits Dooku. So it'll be interesting to see if they include any of that from the novel into, because it would be right in that period where he mm. was, because even Qui-Gon appears in Plagueis novel as, as, um, as Dooku's uh, apprentice. Yeah, that's he, right, that's right, yeah. So that's that, yeah. That'll be so. There's a lot of stuff that they can do with that, and then the Ahsoka stuff is gonna be interesting too. Because and this is this is animated, right? Yes. Yeah. So the Ahsoka stuff should be interesting too, because <clears throat> for some strange reason, I still can't find this out to this day. Is beyond Clone Wars and um, you know the appearance and Mando. There's really no oh and Rebels as well. Um, there's no extra stories of Ahsoka in, in comic books. And um, in novels, novellas, mm. there might be a little small thing, little hits here and there. But like, unlike all the other characters, almost every single one of the newer characters, especially folks from Clone Wars, have gotten a full-on comic book treatment or like at least a forward issue, something, something. But she's one of the only characters for some strange reason that they haven't really fleshed her out in other pieces of media. So I'm curious to see what they touch on on this because you pretty much know the Ahsoka story only from. Clone Wars, um, Rebels, and then you right. see a little bit more in Mando. So it'll be really interesting to see what they kind of pull in for this because it's a wide open. Like you can literally tell all these different pieces about her, and I, yeah. I think she's a really interesting character. And I would, I don't, mm-hmm. I'd rather have an Ahsoka show than a, a Obi Wan show. And honestly, oh, give yeah. me the give me the CG joint because I'm down with that too. Um, if they yeah. have a budget, you know, but um, yeah, she was positioned awkwardly because I think they made her Anakin's apprentice at a time where we knew these transitions were happening so we know she doesn't appear in in any of the movies um but especially any of the uh episode four through six which is the end of the the skywalker yeah and the quote-unquote end of the skywalker saga as we know it never ends exactly exactly um so I think maybe that has something to do with it with trying not to mangle continuity with regards Possibly. to her. Possibly. Um, I mean, and honestly, you know, Clone Wars, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's awesome. Skip the first season and a half, um, maybe two. Um, but I think the the thing that it was good is once you once they established that like Anakin was not good and uh Ahsoka was cool, then that's when things got really good. Um mm-hmm. and then even with that final season, they, they kind of focused around her and that's awesome when it leads her into going into what she pops up in rebels too which also helps with that story so I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with this anthology because she is a character that is a really beloved and really cool character that they haven't really done much um for and i'm curious to see how they flesh her out 
between her and so now between the video games, the TV series, and the movies, they have several Jedi's who were floating around during the time where they were all supposed to be dead. Yep. <laughs> so exactly. so you know you have Ahsoka. In, in from the TV series, you have Cal Castus from the video games who yep. is floating around and mm-hmm. during the a lot of the periods that we see that we've seen, especially Bad Batch, he would be yeah, around be right during, in that area, and, yeah. exactly. Yep. So, and then Andor as well, Andor Obi Wan, he would have been around during that period, yep. Um, unless they kill him at some point in the video games, and you know. Uh no. No, they were saying that I think Andor, there's a there's a rumor that his droid was in the trailer. Cal droid BB one was in the trailer, which was kind of like wink wink, maybe he's somewhere lurking, or maybe Cameron Moynihan might show up as him. Not to mention you also got Starkiller around too. And Star Killers. Well, mm. I don't know. I think Disney scrapped yeah, Star Killer is pre uh yeah, pre Disney. Right. Yeah, I think they scrapped they scrapped him. Um damn, damn, damn. RP Star Killer. One of Man, the they could bring that dude back, back right now. Be like, yo, you got six months to get in shape. It's a wrap. <laughs> oh, and, and what and he's like uh uh the equivalent to Katie Satchoff and yeah. on the male side. Uh, oh yeah, he's an all Sam, the voice. Sam Whitworth. Sam, yeah, Sam Whitworth. Yo, he's yeah. been doing Palpatine, Darth Maul, I, like I don't want to talk about it. It makes me upset. <laughs> Um, about, about about Star Killer, <laughs> <laughs> about Star Killer, just the whole the, the whole eight, uh, air quotes legends canon, like yeah. Yeah, when Disney executed Order sixty six. <laughs> so so if you guys don't know what, what when Disney bought uh, Star Wars from the obscene when they bought Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, they bought sorry, they bought basically when they bought George Lucas uh, soul. Uh, <laughs> They gave him the. They gave him a bag of a billy, a couple billy. He got but, a mighty big amount of a mighty yo, big bag of cash for that soul. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. If the soul, if, if somebody offered me that amount for my soul, it's sold. <laughs> Mephisto <laughs> is like, thank you, Diablo. Hey, come on, Mephisto. Come on, uh, just offer me something good. So, so when he sold his soul and gave up all of his stuff, which you know, hey man, do what you got to do. You get older. Um, they. Disney did the uh, unceremonially uh, thing of doing Order 66 and all the pre-before-we-bought-it uh, canon and stories, which was an untold amount of novels, comic books, uh, shoot, uh, board games. Hundreds videos, of thousands like, of pages, like man. all kind of stuff. I man. have so much Star Wars knowledge stored in my brain. 30 years? 30-plus years? Useless. Probably. Yeah, like now it never it doesn't matter. Get kids Disney, worth of reading those books. Yeah, because Disney Useless. said, "Oh, yeah, we don't, we don't." And to be fair, there was some kind. There's a huge continuity. There are a lot of yeah. continuity errors. But however, so they did not fix that. No, with with their with that purge. No, and so that's what made it worse. They killed all of that stuff, and they did not fix the reason why they said they was killing it to begin with. Now they have yeah. since then gone back into because let's face it, they didn't kill it, meaning it's gone from the world. Yeah, they just picking, picking and choosing. They yeah. stuffed it away, and now they're saying, "Hey, let's borrow this. Hey, yeah. let's use this." Because if they had killed the everything, one that's the sad part. Dave yeah. Lowe's the only one who's like, "Oh, I'm using all that stuff. Don't worry oh, about 100%. that." 
And it's it's a, a lot of those authors were making sense of the edges of George Lucas's yes. world, the stuff that yes. he just threw out there but had no intention of developing. Yeah, these authors came along and said, Oh, okay, I'm gonna develop uh, a post empire. Uh, um, Skywalker world that's different than what they what we saw, where Luke tries to reestablish the Jedi and not kill, trying to kill his goddamn students for for <laughs> for a, a really stupid reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but, I mean, I, and I think that's the thing that was interesting because you know there was amazing stories there. You know, Luke it, turns to the dark side for two seconds, kills a couple billion people. Uh, he, Leia like, and Luke yeah. has better children than yeah. fucking yeah. Ben. Oh Solo. man, like, Jason yeah. and Jaina are absolutely one of the best new additions yeah. to the I'm Star sorry, Wars. Leia and Han. Movie. I said yeah. Leia and Luke. Leia, yeah, Leia and Han have twins who are awesome. Luke Dude, is married the, to, a, to a the, rogue. <laughs> the collective authors for the new Jedi Order uh, series is absolutely the most ambitious things that Lucas Books had done at the time. And it expanded the hell out of the out, out of that universe, yeah. and I think tidied up a couple things in the process. Oh, absolutely! Um, and just yeah, I mean, some of those authors: Troy Denning, uh, Ari uh, Salvatore, Gregory oh, Keys. Right. Like that's just like the all-star team of 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 science fiction authors. The only person that was missing from that lineup was probably Timothy Zahn. And just because mm. he's probably too damn expensive, because yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who restarted the entire novelization of Star Wars. Um, but but just, and I think you're and I think you're right. It's like they made they let they kind of treated Star Wars how it's supposed to be treated. Here's a really cool idea. Now mm-hmm. here's my sandbox. Here now go play in my sandbox and make it bigger. Yeah. Star Wars open and crawl sets up the perfect. Like, oh, this is the biggest sandbox ever that you play with a long time ago. Check in the galaxy, check because a galaxy <laughs> for How anyone who far, far away, far, far away, so far <laughs> that our laws of physics likely might not even exist. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Like, the, it's a setup that allows you to be as creative as you want to with a, through a science fiction lens and fat science fantasy. Because honestly, mm-hmm. there's no real science in sci- in Star Wars, but <laughs> but it is a, a a galaxy which we know galaxies are huge. Andromeda yeah. is bigger than the Milky Way, and it would take literally hundreds of thousands of years to travel the whole Milky Way. Million, no, billions of millions of years to travel Crazy. the vastness of the Milky Way. So, Star Wars galaxy, whatever that galaxy is. Speaking of the Ahsoka thing, she could be in a whole nother corner of the galaxy that isn't even the Empire. Is that was that's another thing that I hope they start to kind of put into perspective. The like Empire, the geography is, thing. exactly the Empire, the geography thing. The Empire is powerful, but we're talking about a galaxy here. Yep. <laughs> They're not covering <laughs> every edge of a galaxy. Exactly. They cannot. It is yeah, the Galactic exactly. Empire, sir. Yep. Well, that's but, true. But, but that, and, I think that, and, and to that effect, that's why I always ask. Um, I'm always, you know, ringing that alarm for like, yo, I need anti, I need non Skywalker stories. Like, there's more. There's this is a galaxy of people. Ahsoka, yeah. could, Ahsoka could be on one planet, preferably not a desert planet, uh, and have a whole adventure <laughs> for yeah. like 40 years, and no one would know. <laughs> you know, I so. mean, even the but even the new Jedi Order wasn't necessarily a Skywalker story. 
You no. know what I mean? Like yeah, they yeah, were right. in it, yeah. and yep. they were a central. It's dope that they were a central part of it, but they weren't the entire story. Right, and, and they, they were only ensemble. in it. They were in it mainly because they exist. We know they exist in that right. period in the world, and they are important yeah. to this apparatus. So you yes. cannot have a story that does not include the Skywalkers, mainly Luke, Leia, Han, and their children yes. at that period. Yes. Yeah. But like you said, the narrative, the greater scope narrative was not focused on what Luke Luke's no. fate or, or his decision making. Like that's a part of no. it. It drives it, but it's not the end all be all. And I think that's the one thing I would say um, now uh, post Disney that the comics mm-hmm. have actually done right about that is they've um, what they've been doing is they basically been doing two year stints of um, each uh original series so they did a star wars book start with number one and they go for 24 issues and they have all this all this other stories that you're finding out before you get to the empire strikes back and it's it's in the book it book starts right after the end of the movie and so Mm -hmm. it actually has this fun thing where it just makes the world a lot more expansive you learn about all these different types of people you know han has an ex-wife who's also a rogue and she's like there's so many all these elements that have fun because again you're having this huge sandbox they have sub stories where you know they have um, uh, the bounty hunters, and the bounty hunters are vast. And there's so many different types of bounty hunters because technically any race that's been introduced into Star Wars could be a bounty hunter. Don't we right. have Ewok bounty hunters? Right. We can have. You know, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, so, bounty hunters yeah. like it's it's like bounty hunter. It's a Ewok bounty hunter. Ewok bounty hunter. Ewok bounty hunter. I've seen but, I've seen the concept art when they were doing um, Star Wars thirteen thirteen. That was supposed to be their bounty hunter kind of uncharted wow. thing. And so one of the um, uh, one of the challenges was like, hey, we want you guys to design bounty hunters with everybody of your race in there. And so there was an Ewok uh, type. Nice. Bounty. Looked, that looked really really fresh. By the nice. Way. Um, nice. But yeah, you're right I mean, though. You that's where that they, world. That's where they can expand it because it, it allows it. Even again in, in Obi Wan, the small little things like we wonder the we never saw the interaction between Palpatine and Vader when they aren't. You know, in the main scenes when they're fighting for survival or, or you know, whatever, standing on next to each other, glowering out at the at the um, construction of the Death Star. So to see that scene where it's like this is after all those events happen, Palpatine is pretty much in firm control of the galaxy, so much so that he barely even leaves his desk because <laughs> he doesn't have to basically and imagine that he's the most immensely powerful individual well yoda's still alive but palpatine is the most immensely powerful individual known in the known galaxy and nobody knows how much power he has except a few people and yet he's he has this entire so seeing him interact with vader and be, and be like look man i don't care about the jedi I'd kill most of them. Like if, they, if, it, if one comes back, then we'll deal with them. Right now, we got a whole galaxy to rule, baby. <laughs> you looking, you looking at the For real. Like, that was pretty funny, actually. That's pretty funny. You looking at the wrong thing? Did yep. I decide wrong? I wanted we ruling. We ain't got no competition. This is this is this is it, man. You could you want Mustafar? You can have Mustafar. You want to sit over there? <laughs> there is, is, uh, you like it? You can have it. 
you want some new hand, some new Naboo people that look like I can clone you a, a Padme. What do you want, man? We, yeah. I'm the emperor. <laughs> you my man. We, we got it. Fuck Obi Wan. Right, right. <laughs> That whole scene was actually pretty funny. That was actually a good. Part I love that scene because it was just like it was, and it was a classic bullying scene where you see the 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 psychological disconnect there and manipulation yeah. where he's not threatening Vader or bowing up at Vader. He's basically saying like, "Yo, I mean, I thought you were way more serious than this. Like, yep. <laughs> you're still chasing your old master, like." And he, this the second time he beat you? <laughs> <laughs> like the last time I had to come and save you. No. This time Ouch. you Ouch. barely made it back. Ouch. I'm Ouch. just saying. What we got to yeah. do is convince you that you can't beat him. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Let him go. I'll send that's, him that's, my way. Yeah, that's the funniest, <laughs> I think that's the funniest part. But we, I think you're right. It's like at this point, you need that. You needed to see on the comic. It's like on the comic book level, mm-hmm. right? When you're sitting there and um, one of my favorite Spider-Man issues is really random. Was uh, he was thinking about? Oh, you know what it was? He was thinking about having. It was Spider-Man was thinking about having kids, hmm. and he's like, "I need to talk to a doctor that or a scientist that just to know about my spider stuff. It's right. gonna be going into my kid." So he swings over to he swings over to uh, freaking uh, the Gray Mountain, uh, you know, uh, Lane, which is the X-Men Mansion, and he talks to Beast, and him and Beast have a whole genetics conversation about this and that and da 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 da. But it was cool because. It would make sense because Spider-Man's in New York. He could yeah. go talk to the X-Men if he needed to, yeah. or he could go to the Avengers because they're all, or Strange because they're all. He's in the also same like on a low-key genius, so he can have that conversation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. and understand it. And yep. it's 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 there within ten miles of each other. Yeah, <laughs> so it only and, makes sense. And, it's and cool. for him, even less because he can he can leap great distances and heights. So exactly, like, and so it's cool that 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 showed. That there's a world that they all inhabit. Like you don't yeah. have to be in. I don't need to see Spider-Man in, in any X-Men book. But when he does show up, it's actually pretty hilarious. And um, it doesn't and, always have to be an epic situation yes, or a world-ending no, yes. situation. And, that and that's what makes the world even realer is when these characters they they show up where you would expect them to show up. It's not like a a force thing or yeah. or they have to be teaming up. It's like yeah. no Spider-Man yeah. has a question about genetics, so he goes to the most fucking brilliant geneticist in the world who is a mutant and happens to be a fucking superhero just like him. Yep. Like exactly. it's just and they no boys. Ass. And they boys and they're and friends. They and you yep. know that. And so the, that all of that to say that those things is what Star Wars has needed and has uh, recently has started to get started yeah slowly <laughs> very slowly because we're still stuck in the in the 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 dreaded we're still stuck on tatooine tatooine right. desert skywalker uh era stuff but hopefully they they are listening and and you know mando is is always fun yeah. i think um i don't know how much longer that show will go or or can go um they wanted to but um you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's fun, but it's inconsequential. Like yeah. there are no, they're they're very low stakes um, in that series. So we'll we'll see where that where where that goes. Unless they get a Boba Fett season two, where Boba Fett actually is doing Boba Fett things. The show that we shall not name. I still haven't watched that show. Gentler, season one. Actually, you know, Boom. I take that back. Though you should watch the last two episodes. That's it. Wait, of what? Boba Fett. Yeah, no, I don't do that. 
Yeah, just for just for Mando uh season two two point five. Oh right, yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm sorry. It, yeah, there's a there's one there's one episode they give they they basically give it they gave they give an episode to Mando because they're like what are we doing here guys yeah basically <laughs> it's, it, it's literally a Mando episode and then and so they, they the literally give a full of it yeah yep. exactly as Cam said it's basically Mando Mando season two point five yeah I'll probably yeah. Catch, catch that eventually yeah that's the only yeah. episode uh, you listen you can watch that and you're completely fine but you're right I think um yeah. if if they start but don't do the whole series. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, I'm not. I'm no, not. hell no. Um, it's a perfect uh, waste of Ming-Na, but, um, but mm. I think if they do a, um, if they do a little bit of what they've been doing in MCU of, of that little kind of drop-in thing, that would be cool because that's mm-hmm. you know Re- Rebels did that ex- extremely well. Um, yes, and and I think that's the thing that they need in the live action. So if I'm gonna if I'm seeing uh, Ahsoka show, then I should be seeing some people in there at drop-in. Good segue yes. because speaking of, uh, there's another announcement which is the actor that's playing Ezra Bridger. So we know that he's going yes. to be in the Ahsoka show, but we knew that most likely because also yeah. Thrawn is going to be in that show, but they yeah. haven't announced the casting yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll so see. Again, bringing in some good stuff from the uh, pre uh, Disney Star Wars and then, you know, introduced more and like Thrawn was in, uh, heavily in Rebels and that was really dope. Ezra turned into a really, really cool character by the end of the yes. uh, show of Rebels. So it would be fun to see where these this lands and up. Thrawn and, was pre-Disney, right? Thrawn yeah. was, was yeah. pre-Disney. Thrawn was, Thrawn was literally the beginning Last of the novelization of, uh, of Star Wars. Okay, like, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought so, 1990 yeah. something. Yeah, one of the yeah, newer, I, one of the newer big so. bads introduced. I remember. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because the whole thing is the mystery with his his race have have rarely been encountered and all that stuff. And yeah, that's what and, it was. Yeah. So Far in the, the original, so in the original Inception of of uh, of uh, of Thrawn, he's the only one of the few because you see they're in the live action and stuff, but supposedly the Empire is supposed to be incredibly anti-alien they're very human for humans like that's why you don't really see any alien uh officers in imperial uniforms you don't see any moths and so it's a big deal because grand admiral thrawn is the only alien to rise through the ranks and so he rises so high into the in the ranks of of the imperials that the emperor basically invents the rank of grand admiral for him. He's done everything that you could do. He's won every engagement that the that that the that he's been assigned, and so he's so dope at what he does. And the emperor is so convinced that the rebels are going to be wiped out that he sends Thrawn to plant the flag in the outer regions. So he's like, "Yo, just go take over. Like you've done everything you could possibly do here." The rebels are about to be run over in like two seconds once this Death Star is be finished complete. Uh, the second Death Star is finished being built, and they think they're gonna come over and run up on it and just it's it's cute. But hey, you, yeah, hey, you, so what, you, you know uh, that would have been way better for the pre for the sequel trilogy. Absolutely, absolutely. In Force Awakens, it was revealed that Thrawn returned that he f- discovered that the emperor the emperor had fallen. And that he brought with him that 
new order, or that new order that were instructed him to when build. I, yeah. When I read that they were doing the new order, I assumed that it was Grand Admiral Thrawn, and that you were going to get all of that. I when uh, I finished reading that trilogy of, of of books, I wanted. There's not a soul that I, that, I, that I've know that's read that series that didn't want to just take those three books. Please just make this. Please, yeah. please just make this. Because you could have even kept like, Kylo Ren and just yeah. had had the Knights of Ren working for uh, you. Could have taken, done. You could have yeah. tweaked. You could have. You could have tweaked all the things that J.J. Abrams put in Force Awakens, all the major uh, tentpole pieces, and dumped it into uh, the air, the Heir to the Empire series. The, the Heir to the Empire series. Yeah. You could have just taken those. I don't know. I don't understand why they didn't just take, just do an, an, a, a Dave Filoni, take the pieces that work. And make that series, and you know why that, that would have worked even perfect. more? Because what was Thrawn's thing that he didn't want to rule? He just wanted order. He could, yeah, care, yeah he could care less. He was just like, <laughs> so he just, so he comes back after after being out on assignment and taking over who wherever 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 his star destroyer came across. He planted the imperial flag, took over. So there's all these imperial outposts in the outer regions. He's gone as far as he can, and he comes back. And wants to report in, and he's like, um, "I'm sorry, you said the emperor what?" <laughs> and so he goes about the business of restoring the empire. The glory of the empire has zero interest in ruling. He just wants things back the way that he that that it was when he left. And so he finds the clone of a dark Jedi. He's like, if the, "the the setup is perfect. The setup was perfect the way that it was. So I'm just going to restore all of it. I'm gonna find me a dark Jedi." He finds a clone of a dark Jedi that's like ruled as a god on 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 some planet. Convinces him to come with him. Is like, look, I'll give you the whole galaxy, dog. I just want to be the military guy who <laughs> who, who maintains order. I just yeah. want to be the cop. I just want to be the head cop. But there's a whole galaxy for you. Take it. I could care less. And again, you had you that character in with. Kylo Ren. Yep, you, you had that character. That, in Kylo. Thank you. And there Kylo you go. Ren, and and you didn't even need Fixed to include it. um uh Snoke, and even if you did nope. include Snoke as a red nope. heron, at the end have Thrawn convince Ren to kill Snoke because he's he's useless. Yeah, and yep. there you and, go. And then the two of them, and then that would have just made sense. You wouldn't have had to do dive once again into the weirdness of unspoken Star Wars incest with mm-hmm. the whole storyline between Ray. And Kylo, and so they just they just fucked it all up, and the whole roadmap was right there in the heir to the Empire storyline. Yep. Well, right they're, 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 probably, they're probably like, "Yo, we can do something better than that." <laughs> yeah, and all their and and then they like, "Oh, but we're gonna get the guy who probably wrote like two pages of the of the script, and then gave it to somebody else who who realizes that this fool, yeah, he could put together a big movie." But when it comes to putting words on the page, yeah, yeah he shouldn't be doing that. Not yeah, so yeah. But um, yeah, man, it's it'll be it'll be it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Thrawn and 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 how they where they go from here because since they did fail to deliver that storyline, maybe they can parcel it now in the TV series. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. So, really the, interesting. so at the end of Bad Batch season one, they actually take a big uh a, a big uh chunk of of lore from or a lore a bunch of lore a bunch of canon 
from um from those books and dump it right at the end of season one. So at this point, I can spoil it because it's been how long since that dropped now. Yeah. Um, so basically, there's a post credit scene where the prime minister of Camino is taken to a facility on random right. planet number 12. That mountain is Mount Tantis, which is a storehouse. All of the emperor's basic, basically his giant storehouse of like super weapons. It's like a, an R&D facility for all slash storage facility for all the plans for his uh, and all the prototypes for all the super weapons that he came up with. So the Death Star was like thing number one of God knows how many things that he's come, that he that he had uh, his scientists come up with. Well, remember um, the Death Star plans were given to him by the um, oh yeah the Geonosian the Geonosians, yeah, yeah. and then he, yep. he well through via Dooku, um, right? And yep. um, that facility you're talking about was also featured in um, the novel. I believe that was originally Plagueis's uh, one of Plagueis's laboratories or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Uh. yeah. That's because so, so, and so one of the major things that's stored in that storehouse is cloning cylinders. Yep. And so that, yeah. So, uh, and that that, that facility, if it's the one I think it is, also has several different interior chambers. And then yep. the, the deeper you go, is the more you get to his Sith shit. And yep. and and that's one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, so it's the same one. Yeah, yeah. It, that that yep. one is in is in is in. Um, Plagueis spends a lot of his time there trying to figure out how to uh, how to figure out the um, the cheat death. He experiments yeah. on a lot of Jedi. He he experimented on one Jedi on one. No, it was actually somebody that tried to challenge him. Uh, um, wanted to be a Sith. Wanted to be his apprentice, and challenged him, and um, he. Easily, handily beat the snot out this this, this mother <laughs> and and took him to his to the facility to run his the stuff he did to try to push immortality. Disney will never show. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Maybe, well, you never, never know. Show. You know that uh, now that Disney's going horror now. They will never show <laughs> this, this stuff. That he, the Disney stuff plus. that he did no. horror. <laughs> this will be the Just first the plus time plus. Disney for, foray plus into plus. TVMA. Because Disney. he was he was brutal. Disney minus. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so to wrap it up, let's do some final words. Uh, we'll go to we'll go to D'Angelo first. We can chime in on the uh, the recent Emmys that just passed that none of us really watched. But he 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 had some he had some thoughts and feelings. Please, please yeah, share man. With us. You know, as anybody that's been listening to us and our programs know how much I talk up. Better call Saul. Um, but that doesn't mean that it should win everything. But at the same time, it does mean that it should win everything because <laughs> you know I, I've given the, the the basic reasons of why it should win everything. So the fact that it didn't win everything, it, talk to him. Talk to it, him. It really bugged me. It got under my skin. No, seriously. So it didn't I, win anything. No, it didn't win. Oh anything. wow. Well, it may. Wow. I have to. I have to look. It got snubbed on the major stuff. Ray okay. Ray, Ray Seahorn got snubbed um for best supporting yes. actors um bob odenkirk i could have took that one or left it but he got right. he, he didn't win either um 
he has stiffer competition though. Um, because he had all of, he was competing with the guys in secession and all and all that stuff. Um that it didn't win best drama as we spoke before we started the program. Secession won that. Um and there was a few other writing it didn't win, which I did I was again I'm I haven't seen secession, so I can't completely eviscerate the what's winning versus I have what I seen wanted to win. And if you're gonna lose show like Better Call Saul is gonna lose to something, I wouldn't pick succession over it, but it's palatable. But it's palatable. I, I and I see it because again, as in we t- I talked about this before. With HBO, HBO had to to quote their old tagline: "It ain't TV, it's HBO." So the things that they can do and push in terms of the production, the storytelling, the the visuals, all of that stuff within fifty nine minutes, a full uninterrupted fifty nine minutes is different mm-hmm. than a show that's wow. ed- that's edited for broadcast cable. Exactly, right. forty-three minutes with commercial and all that stuff. Limits on the language, the the visuals they can show. To to Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould's credit, they they completely shatter those limitations in in showing the minimalist way that you can do that by scale and scope with your cinematography, your editing, mm-hmm. and your and the purity of writing. And so that's the reason why I felt that. Better Call Saul should have won. I thought it should have won Best Drama, but again, I cannot say that it deserves it over Secession. But my gripe was that at least Ray Seahorn should have won because, come mm-hmm. on, her performance as Kim Wexler throughout the series, but in these last two seasons, and especially in that last season where mm-hmm. the where this is a story where these protagonists aren't good or evil they've done bad things they've done good things but they've done a lot of bad things that have now caught up with them and that world crumbling around them and she channeled that hurt and that solitary self-destruction better than any actor actor i've seen in a while on tv nice yeah i think it's um it's interesting because i'm catching up on the emmys right now i'm like looking through it and um yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think uh, it, I, like you said, we always talk about award shows. It's like we, you know, they should be around, but at the same time, they're just kind of eh. they're ornamental, and in some yeah. ways, they're ornamental. The Emmys, I say all the time, they get it right more than they get it wrong. Yeah. So I can't. That's why I can't say that they got it wrong. If you look at that category, it was very stiff competition. The only thing that I felt should not have been in that category with stranger things um i, I like stranger things yeah i agree but it is not it is like it's in the mandalorian exactly it's like the same thing when i said when they had the mandalorian in that category it's like no they're, yeah they're, that's pop culture there's no. an argument to be made for that being prestige format what the mandalorian a little bit, a little bit, a little no, bit. It's light. No, it's very not. light. No? no, there's not. There's there's okay. an argument for uh, having. I, I don't. I'm just saying it is an argument to have it to for it to be high end production. But in terms yeah, yes. of those other okay, things, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No. no. Well, even look that's at fair. even looking at the Emmys right now, like it, it was Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, 
Succession and Yellow Jackets. And the so, only one I would have struck out is Stranger Things. Yeah. The other, the other yeah. ones. Off the strength. They yeah. They earned, they earned yeah, their place. Yeah. 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 Off strength. Yeah. 100%. I would do that. Yeah. I actually totally agree with that. Um, Josh, what's your, uh, what's your final word? Um, you know, <laughs> make Caribbean accents great again. <laughs> Say again. <laughs> make Caribbean accents great again. <laughs> just so I mean, Atlanta. Atlanta had a, an episode that touched on on Trinidadian culture. Yeah, and my and a lot of it was weirdly accurate. And you know what they did? They hired Trinidadian actors. <laughs> Go figure. What? Every every last person who was Caribbean in that episode had a proper Trinidadian accent. Proper. Not one fake accent that I could detect in the bunch. It was an excellent episode. And it was a crazy episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just like, the Caribbean actors out there, man. Like, yeah. it's not necessary to hire a bunch of dudes who like, okay, so how do I say this? Yeah, man. Like, like, it's not, and it's just, gone on too long now. Like we're we should be well past that. There are very capable, like Letitia Wright, who plays uh, who plays Shuri. She's Guyanese, dude. Like Winston Duke, he's from Trinidad. He's from Tobago. Like you, there are, there are actors, which is like the sister island, the twin island to Trinidad. Like mm. there are actors out there. Oh, like half the cast of Black Panther was Caribbean. Like there are people out there who are capable actors that don't have to pantomime the accent. Like it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's... final word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final word is apparently I need to see Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, multiple people. Why I need to watch this? Whoa, whoa, say, whoa! Why? The reason why I say this? Not only that people tell me that it's actually hilarious and actually entertaining. It won an outstanding television movie Emmy as well. Just found that out right now. Really? Yeah. Well, I said the Emmys get it right most of the time. Wait, just out of curiosity, what 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 was, else? What, yes. what television what platform did that? Uh, Ray Donovan the movie. Uh, Reno nine one one. Wait, it beat out Ray Donovan the movie. <laughs> Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon, The Survivor, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. That's not okay. a lot of stuff. A, a Roku it's original not. movie. A Roku? See, I didn't even know they had those. Like, they right. had a Roku original movie? Wait, wow. no. Chippendale was a Roku original? No, no, no. The One of the other um, uh, oh, nominees. Oh. One of the nine. Oh, but yeah, I still Roku didn't know that like, there was yeah, a Roku. They have, and they yes, get an image there are Roku wow. original. I mean, that's like, uh, was it? Freebie? Wow. That's what I'll be watching. Was it Alex Ryder? I watched that. That's an original on Freebie. <laughs> What's Alex Ryder? I mean, I have Roku. Uh, I don't watch the originals. Alex Ryder is a, a, um, a TV show? Uh, yeah, Alex Ryder is a TV show, YA, okay. like, kind of like spy, spy situation. It was a book, oh, okay. But, okay, like Nancy Drew. Almost, yeah, like, something like but, that. But so they, spies, not yeah. detectives. So they, Listen, they I, own a Roku. I own a Roku stick and I have yet to watch. And not that I don't intend to. But I have yet to watch a Roku original. Mm. This is weird. I've I never a, actually. I've been a Roku. I've been a Roku customer for about seven, eight years now. Well, speak, Tad Lasso 
to yep. be one a lot, and that's for Apple. So Apple did pretty good this. Oh year. yeah, and Ted Lasso, oh, yeah. and Ted Lasso's fucking amazing. Like that shit. Yeah, is, I've so always much. heard good things. Yo, about it, almost just, all of their shows, almost all of their shows, got a nod at some point. Ted Lasso gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling. It's yo, fun. You laugh. Crazy, you crazy it. stat. Crazy, crazy, crazy news hit real quick. Reese Witherspoon just sold her production company for like. I think two hundred ninety million dollars. Nine hundred million, actually. Oh, sorry, nine hundred. Sorry, it was nine hundred yes. million. Yes, yep. nine hundred million. And that was actually going to be my final word. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Josh is yikes! Sorry. And the the reason why I was the reason why I was going to say as my final sorry. word was um, the fact that a fledgling production company. And I say fledgling because under 10 years, that's fledgling in the sure. TV business. Yes, yes, that's um, Got bought out for almost a billion dollars. Right. And their revenue was only one, I shouldn't say only, but their revenue was one, 120 million last year. They were on pace to double that this year. But still, whatever they had, well, and they had a string of hits uh, and some hemis. Revenue, well. remember, that's revenue. Like Dave, that, that's money over what they made, over yep. what it cost them to produce. Yep. So yep, yep, that's yep. significant. It's very significant. And so, again, it goes to the, the it, it kind of fuels the point that, you know, in these streaming wars, as they're slowly starting to wind down and start to consolidate, you're going to see more of this, I think, where you're going to see a lot more first look deals. I think you're going to see a lot more production companies get gobbled up because in the hunt for actual new shit, like a lot of these larger corporations are like, you know, basically Disney hashing out old stuff. Yeah. Um, side note, I did not watch uh, the Quantum Leap uh, trailer. I just can't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Quantum Leap's one of my favorite sci fi shows of all time, and NBC has now rebooted it. I don't know I any will. details, I don't I know will. anything about it. I just saw that there was a trailer, and I was like, I, I just, no I have watched that. the trailer. It does look interesting, <sighs> but not interesting enough for me to watch it. Yeah, see, I just, I. You know what? I I will not do Quantum Leap because it's it's a time travel show. <laughs> so I'm, just not, I'm never going to yeah. watch it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a time travel. Yo, man, you, you love time it. travel so much. I don't you understand. Your, uh, I love it so much that I can't watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I love you, it so much. I just can't the, bear to keep, watch the show. You got to keep the consistency. Yeah. <laughs> Quantum Leap's like one of my all-time favorite uh, personal sci-fis. Um, but anyways, but that being said, that is a retread of a previous uh, property. And so I think that there is going to be more of, we're going to see more of this where like, they're going to be looking for people that have ideas and yeah. people that actually can show that, A, I have the idea that I can execute on the idea. And I think that's going to be a very big thing going forward, um, just in terms of the creativity aspect, especially on the TV front, as yeah. people, as more and more stars are doing TV as opposed to doing movies. Um, and on and as stars are doing like streaming movies, like you said, like Netflix yeah. movie or Apple movie or those types of things. So I think for folks out there that are in that level of like I have a bunch of ideas, I just don't know what to do with it. It's like this is a little bit more fuel in the fire to be like, yo, man, get your shit together because you might be able to put stuff together that someone bigger than you might might be interested in, and that could be something that you can to be sustainable off of. Yeah, and then with just all the right. different platforms, there's so yep. many right now. Exactly. That- you know, it yep. doesn't really need to be <clears throat> a courtship of Netflix as much as it is, you know, courtship of, like you said, free TV or Tibia yeah. or something like exactly. that. You know, 100%. if it's, if the content is good, it'll it'll find it'll find a way. Like you know, yeah. I think that that's that's the big thing is it'll find a way. 
Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's pretty much how I looked at it too, where, you know, as it's, as the streaming wars start to hit up, a lot of these uh, smaller, smaller streaming services, they're still going to be looking for more people that have good ideas because apparently they don't have them. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, no, they're so, they're star all all the big all big and small, all the streamers are starved for content which in a is big, big, big way. Wild. But wild. it's interesting to note that they are starved for content and they're pivoting towards quality and less quantity because a lot yeah, of the stuff is like you, you open up HBO Max and there's like reality shows a plenty that you've never heard of and that nobody's watching. Like but you gotta have something on there. So yeah, you know it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a uh, production pitches market apparently out there. Um, yeah. So you know, have yeah, it, people. <laughs> it's interesting to see how it's shaking out. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. It's going to be you know the folks that have these good ideas and get to pitch it and then get that green light because then you'll start to see some interesting stuff bubble up. Because there's mm-hmm. only so much, so much uh, comic book, uh, comic book TV ready uh, properties that people can gobble up, or yeah. have, have haven't already yeah. gobbled up already, or they're still looking for it. So it'd be really, really interesting the next phase of uh, of this like TV production, TV making of and all the original. Not stuff everybody's not. Reese Witherspoon, buddy. Facts. Right. But, but I think another her ecosystem, to, to me, oh, her ecosystem is bonkers because she a, has a book club. With like 2.5 million followers or something. Oh like yeah, that. that's right. She got a, she got the. Yep. Basically, yep, yep. what she does is she mines the book club for for things to adapt, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of baked in where like if she's got two point two point five million people in her book club, and all of them are are touting like this book is is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's really as simple as sitting down reading the book and then handing it over to someone who writes screen. Writing yeah. it, handing it over to D'Angelo and letting him adapt it. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, and first, you, honestly, have, first you have the secure rights to adapt that, depending on well, depending yeah, I mean, on the story. Assuming one assumes that that's the easy part, because yeah, publishers are, publishers are not going to shy away from that HBO money. True, it true. Depends on but the there deal. will be those uh, stubborn D'Angelo type guys that are like, nah. How much yeah, you got? Nah. It, it depends <laughs> on the deal because yeah. look. They courted George R. R. Martin for years, and the publisher never got in the way and was like, "Okay, you got to you got to sell your rights or nothing like that." He didn't sell his rights to HBO until 2010, and the story the no before that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, right before that. Yeah. But he yeah. kept saying no, and it was it's a lot of like it's like that with a lot of authors. Authors don't have to say yes, and I think that usually the publishing rights in their deal affords them that. It's not up to the publisher. It's up to the author. So it can be a situation where the author is like, fuck no. (laughs) Because Stanley Kubrick, um, uh, no, not Stanley Kubrick. um, Stephen King hated Stanley Kubrick. And he hated hated The Shining, um, that version of The Shining. And Mm. and there's a lot of examples of filmmakers who made films on now that was probably a time where it was easier for them to secure the rights without going through the author because i think because yeah. I, I think i think alan moore has that had that problem for a long time yes. where all of this stuff that gets adapted is basically shitty and it's it continues to because yeah. he's got tons of stuff that you can adapt and he's just like no 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is man pissed. The only way he the only way his stuff gets adapted is if it's not owned by him, which is again the reason why Ty right. Mc exactly or that's why yep. Ty McFarlane owned all of the spawn shit for so long because you know <laughs> and that's why spawn disappeared. He's still sitting on his hands about the movie, but you know, he yeah. owns it. It's yeah, his. and it's still going, still going to this day, and they're they still mm-hmm. want to make a new a movie out of it, or there's a treatment floating yeah. around already. Yeah, um, he. I think he's probably going to end up selling it though to somebody. Uh, he's just trying to get get it to where, like, Reese Willis. He'd probably be the one that sells one character for like five hundred billion, five hundred million dollars. Yeah, something crazy something like, like that. Yeah, some stupid. Yeah, I totally see it. No, you're right. But I think one character's world for that much. I bet. I bet he's going to get. And get and I that. think that's a that's how I look at it too. Where it's just like it's not about the nine nine hundred uh, million. But it's more about the selling of ideas and, uh, yeah. and understanding that, like, I think a lot of a lot of people, when they think of their ideas, they're all like, oh, man, I have this really good X-Men story as opposed to just I have this really good story. And I think that right. if they if you start to look at it for like create your own shit and then as you do that, the other people will come to you because that's what's happening. A lot of the indie writers right now that uh, Marvel has under contract uh, uh, as exclusive contracts, they they were already solid indie guys. They had their own yep. books going on, own following. And Shout all out that Donnie Cates. Yep, Donnie Cates, uh, Kelly Thompson, uh, Matt, Matthew Rosenberg, Jason Aaron, all those guys. Willow Wilson. So, Willow Wilson, G. Willow Wilson as well. And so it's cool because they're, you know, they might be exclusive at Marvel, but they all have their own books going on regardless yeah. of Marvel as part of their contract which makes perfect sense because it's like hey you do your own set that's really cool hey come do that with our sandbox and see what you can do mm-hmm. and some of them have been really put their foot at in their in uh in marvel's like sandbox like yo i'm about to change the game with this shit donnie Cates is one of them yep. jason aaron is another one as well tom taylor is too and um, those are the authors that learned from the ones that got pissed off and then went and did their own thing yep and basically like i'm gonna turn out all of the oh yep. garth ennis oh yep. <laughs> yep and uh no who wrote the boys was it garth ennis yeah it's garth ennis yeah 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 now we love the boys and garth ennis is an amazing yep. comic book writer like, he's, and mark he's and mark millard is one that did uh wanted which was the same thing he's like that was his anti uh mm-hmm. you know big big two guy books but I think that's that's the better route to go where it's just like, oh, you want to work for X-Men? You want to work for Marvel and DC? Dope, but make yeah, your own stuff thing. too. Yeah. So that at least you have mm-hmm. both and you're not you're not just a slave to that because at the end of the day, you are just a number to them and then your own creations are all better. And I think that part shows even cooler because, um, and uh, this would be my last thing is um, uh, Netflix bought Millar World and they bought it for you know pretty big bag, like uh, 150 or 200 million, something like that. It was pretty so big. So they're gonna start doing what uh Sin City and stuff like so, that. So so no, that's Frank Miller. Millar was the one that did uh he did Wanted Kingsman. Um he did what else did he do? Crap. Uh Hitman, Hit Boy, um uh oh. uh sorry, Kick Ass and a Hit Girl and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, he had done all those ones on an indie tip, and then he left Marvel, got a funding for I think he got funded by either DC or Marvel. I think it might have been Marvel. And he made his own comic book imprint called Millar World. And so what he did was he basically did a bunch of short stories, t- teamed up with a, uh, an artist, and then gave them 50-50 uh, credit on any story they made. So hmm. he made it came, he made it come up with the concept, but the artist is, you know, doing all the character design and yeah. fleshing yeah. them out, all that kind of stuff. So when Umbrella Academy his also? Uh no, that was uh, one of the dudes from My Chemical Romance, I believe. Okay. Um, but Millar World was um Jupiter's Legacy. Um 
uh, Empress and uh, freaking uh, Nemesis and a bunch of other ones. So, and it was interesting because all these stories were all self-contained in their own world for four to six issues. And the way he writes kind of like translates to Netflix pretty well in terms of like they, they were going to take this and adapt it. Very but, much so. but it was smart. He did it that way because one, he got to do uh, higher page rates. So all the artists are getting paid well. Mm. Uh, much more than DC and Marvel. And then there was a, a, a really popular thread where uh, Miguelara was like, hey guys, what's the average day, you know, page rate? And people were chiming in. And he was like, damn, I'll be paying my, my artist this much. And everyone was like, yo! <laughs> but he's also paying top-notch because he has some of the best artists. And the reason being right. is because the artists are now 50-50 genders. And with that being said, when he sold to Netflix, all my favorite artists got a huge bag and they are chilling. <laughs> they are doing exactly do whatever they want now. Like Copil, uh, Olivier Copil, French artist, amazing artist, black dude. Shout out to him. But he takes whatever he feels like now. He used to do full on books and all this like work. Now he's like, ah, I'll do a cover. Eh, I'll do a issue of Batman. Like, because he doesn't need to do it, you know. Yeah. And I think right. uh, um, Stuart Immerman, who's like one of my favorites as well, he did a bunch of books for uh, Millar, but he got a, a nice bag too. So all these really dope artists got this bag from the from the Netflix deal, and so some of them have taken off and did their own thing. Some of them are just chilling. But I think that's a great model where it's just like, yo, if you're the person that comes up with the co- concept and you get an artist, split that shit 50-50 because they're literally doing all the character design. They're fleshing out your world and you guys are our partners in this aspect. And I, I hope people look at that more as a, a good model to start from so that, you know, if us three created a book and we had an artist and that person's the fourth, yo, man, we split it four ways because all four people uh, right. it had input. And so I think that part is super uh, important, especially on the creative tip as you start to come up with your own um uh, creative art, uh, IPs and stuff like that. But well, let's do it to the death to see who keeps it all. I know. I got to. Here, here's. There's only. There's one stick and there's two. And there's only one position, guys. To make it happen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, we've been ranting long enough. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Blurred lines. Are we out? Ladies. Peace. Make Caribbean accents great again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>